validation. There's no waiting for outside redemption. There's no collective bargaining to rely on. The awakening is you. Only you. That's what all this is about. The battle for your spirit. And so, there is nothing more important in this life for you or me than waking up. Once that's straightened out, the rest will follow.
programmed to not respond to obvious needs, but to strange, shallow, self-serving impulses, just like everyone else. Who's looking when you're sleepwalking? But there's a price to pay. Everything. Waking up costs everything. So what? What are you saving up for? Aren't you paying that price anyway, even if you're not waking up? Life always costs everything. You'll leave here eventually, like me, and the cost will be your life. How did you spend it? Consciously? Or trying to conform and using that to hide behind? To justify living as a comfortable, selfish, lazy brain donor to the system? That's the battlefield. You. Me. It goes no further. The only thing is, for conscious, spiritual reality, there is no predator. That's the secret. We are eternal consciousness having an experience. We individually have to change first. We have to commit to consciousness, get free of entanglement, and live a conscious life. The rest is little meaning until we get out of the matrix. It's you. It's me. Your personal world and experience is the only one you'll ever know. Just let consciousness be your guide, but act on it. Don't let them take your freedom. Good evening, everybody. Today's date is May the 31st, 2021. My name is Christopher James, and I am truly honored to be with you this evening. We have an absolutely wonderful broadcast this evening. It's going to be very fast-paced. It's going to be a two-parter. The first part, I've got an incredible man named Nathan Linchuk. He was a past police officer who recently quit his job due to the corruption that he understood within his heart, his mind, and soul of everything that's going on right now, not only within his own personal life and his personal profession and his fellow men and women acting as officers, not only in his location, but right around this country and the world, but also for you to be here today. Um, and further, we're going to get into after that, uh, what's going on at my end now. I'm going to do the follow-up to the battle that I have right now with the the Law Society of British Columbia that are basically coming after me as a whole, and not only them, but it's happening across multiple provinces now because my work has now got in their face and it's causing them problems. And when this happened, this is when this parasite starts to reach out, latch out and try and, how should we say, uh, remove whatever is going to be exposing the massive corruption that they are all involved in. So I'm going to be breaking down the communication that went out today 
to the man that originally wrote to me from the uh, Law Society, including the other people that have been copied, including this is going, going right up to the Chief Justice of Canada again, the man who we already know is corrupt from the communications he did not respond to surrounding the Sikleski court that was outing the rules of civil procedure that they don't apply to we the people. And it's also gone to the top chief justice in British Columbia and the man or woman, the woman that's acting as the top at the federal level. And it's also going to, in the superior courts, pardon me. And it's also going to the woman that's acting as chief justice in the provincial courts in British Columbia. So I've covered the whole gauntlet here to make this happen. So uh, I quickly just want to say, and not quickly, but I want to truly say from all my heart, thank you for the e-transfers for support. And just so everybody knows again, that if you, I'm so grateful for all the support that you're giving uh, between PayPal and e-transferring, just so everybody knows, when you use PayPal, the SOBs take money off it, okay? And it's not a small little chunk sometimes. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you can do it in Canada and you can do an e-transfer, you can simply email to a warrior calls at outlook.com. And that will allow you to get a direct deposit uh, to me. You don't need a password or anything. And again, thank you everybody from PayPal as well, which I believe I'm caught up on now, thanking everyone. So without further ado, uh, Guy Parent, uh, Julian, Jillian McKenzie, Paul Bradley. Thank you so much, Paul. Truly, thank you so much. I'm sorry to get back to you earlier. And I apologize to everyone as well for not getting back as quick as I could. It's been uh, crazy at my end. Uh, Frank Manna, Grace uh, Jamaya, Gracie Jamaya. And lastly, Nina Wilcox. Thank you so much for all your incredible and continued help. It truly means a great deal to me. And quickly here, let me just pull up on the screen. I'm going to go, just going to do a screen share here with you so that we can quickly go over the, uh, da -da -da -da, the Thomas and Stephen debacle that's going on here with, uh, or pardon me, Thomas and Stephen. Yes. Let's do a share screen here, Paul, if I can. I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend, by the way, as well, too. The weather here was just absolutely beautiful in Burlington. And uh, today was just another banger day. Not that I got to see much of it from my dungeon, but uh, I did get out to get a quick hot dog before I came down here tonight. So on the screen here is Thomas B. Karaki. He's the OPP commissioner and also Stephen Tanner, the chief of police of Halton uh, Regional Police. Why we need to email these two people, please go to my website, and look on the case file number two, I believe it is, the Sikleski Court. And you're going to learn what Michael and I have done for not only Ontario, for not only Canada, but also for our world, we have routed out that the rules of civil procedure do not apply to us. This went right up to the Chief Justice of Canada, the Chief Justice, the, the man or woman acting at, uh, for the Ontario, at the Ontario level, provincial level. And it's gone to now to Thomas and to Stephen because Michael Sukleski's courts were removed or they were thrown out by people wearing black robes that are public servants that had no jurisdiction. That means control to do it. They base their entire removal and calling it vexatious and, 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 you know, um, uh, just a bunch of gibberish. You know, this is what they always do whenever members within their society are being dragged out into the light for massive corruption in which they're carrying on against we the people. So when this happens, this is how they do it. This is how they've always done it. They use the rules of civil procedure. They say our filings, our property is not falling under the rules of civil procedure. And then they toss it out of court when that filing is our property. And if you're not a member of the bar, Okay, and you're not property of the bar and you don't have a contract with any man or woman in a private capacity or in the capacity when they're working for the service corporations acting as a lawyer or a judge or a magistrate, then none of these people have jurisdiction over us. And the robe ones are supposed to be providing us good faith and duty services. Okay. This is the foundational, this is the Achilles heel that is going to take down all of this corruption and restore the rule of law to this country very, very quickly. 
so that the next man that I'm about to bring on here is going to be able to act if he goes back, which I think he should. This is the type of people we need as chiefs of police, just so everybody understands. Thomas and, and uh, Stephen here, well, they've ignored basically, uh, I think we're at uh, 20 or pardon me, 455 emails. 455, 60, somewhere in there, emails that they've received from God bless all you people out there. We need to get that up to 10,000. I'm going to do a big push in the next couple of weeks. We want their inboxes just inundated so that they know the light is on them. They know that they, they better know that the gig is up and they better do the right thing because both of these people, I'm going to be doing a showcase. I think I'm going to do it for next uh, Wednesday, a week this Wednesday. I'm going to bring on a man that has had some horrific things happen to him here in Halton, as well as the casework that I have. And then we're going to do a follow-up on the very next day, on the Thursday. I might have to do a special show for this stuff too, to be able to fit everything in. I'm only doing three nights a week broadcasts to do a broadcast on Stephen, or pardon me, uh, Thomas Karaki, the man who's acting as the head of the OPP. Some horrific things happen to him here at, through all the casework that I've done over the last... 10 years especially, it's uncovered just massive corruption that's going on. There are good people within all these uh, institutions, but unfortunately, the very structure of how these corporations have been set up and operating on the land where they have no jurisdiction is all unlawful and it's massive constructive fraud. We're going to get into that tonight with the credible man that I have here with me. So without further ado, Nathan, are you there? I'd like to bring on an incredible man. Nathan, there he is. How are you doing, Nathan? Good, good, Chris. How are you? I'm doing terrific. It's a pleasure to have you on here this evening. Uh, for those of you that may be uh, seeing or hearing about Nathan for the first time, Nathan is was a police officer, an honorable one in Saskatchewan. And uh, he was there, I don't know, for many years, which we're going to find out, but he ended up quitting his job because of obviously this massive corruption that he sees that's going on against we the people. And he stood his ground. And I'm hoping with all my heart here tonight, all my heart, Nathan, that other people out there that are acting in law enforcement will see this video and it will resonate with them, understanding that now is the time to stand up. Now is the time for everyone to come together. So without further ado, do you want to just introduce yourself to everybody and maybe give us a little bit of a background? What First, what led you to get into policing and how long you did policing and maybe some of the, the greatest moments that you had while you were working as a police officer? Yeah, sure. Uh, like you said, I'm Nathan Linchuk. Uh, I was actually a police officer for eight years with Saskatoon Police, just the municipal force there here in Saskatchewan. Um, I guess from a very early age, I kind of, I always, I always liked superheroes and I was always kind of just into that stuff, like big time news. I always thought to myself that it would be really cool to have a job or something like that, where I could actually make a difference and change people's lives or help people in that way. Um, and be the, be the person they look to when they're scared or they lost control of a situation. And I'm just kind of that little, that little vision of hope for them. Um, that's something I always really wanted to do. Um, so at the age of 16 is when I really decided that police would be the best option for me for in regards to that kind of that career choice and uh, going on stopping bad people from hurting good people. Uh, like I said, I worked uh, at Saskatoon Police for eight years. Uh, I was basically in patrol the entire time, and that's just responding to calls, calls for service throughout the city. Um, from there, I actually got on, right? I just got onto the school resource unit right before I actually resigned. So I was actually just getting to the better hours and stuff and taking a break from the kind of the kind of the harder aspect of police and the shift work and stuff. I was just just getting out of it, which was which would have been nice. And it was nice for the little bit I was there. But um, so basically. I had pretty crazy eight years there, like I, I, I like to say to people, I'm I'm kind of a trouble magnet, like the partner I was working with there, we kind of always ran into situations where we where we uh, 
we always just found ourselves in the very, very serious situations. It was, it was pretty funny. Like, so you'll have some cops that'll go through their entire career who never go to very serious stuff and good for them. I, I hope most people do because having to see those things and having to do those things that it, it changes a person and uh, it can be really hard on people. And, and it has been for me and my family through those times and everything. And along with my partner at the time I was there, um, some of the most amazing moments I had was just when I, when you truly save a life, I guess um, it's something that not a lot of people get to say they do in their life where they actually kind of, you stare death in the face and you, and you beat it, you beat it and you, and you kind of pull someone out of that. Um, I had one instance, I actually won an inspector's award. Um, there was a suicide of a female. It's probably one of the bigger things I've done for saving someone's life. And uh, she was on one of the bridges in Saskatoon and I got there just in time. And as she was going over and I kind of, jumped at her, grabbed her as she was going over the bridge. And then I kind of one armed her back up over the other side, only for her to kind of attack me after. Right. <laughs> it kind of happens, but yeah, but just something like that. Like I won for that. And I had many other instances where I kind of could save lives. I had one, I had one instance where I was even, yeah, I lifted, we, we went to a vehicle that rolled over and someone doing really fat, like really high speeds on a residential street. And I ended up actually lifting the vehicle off the guy um to save his life and he actually ended up he actually ended up surviving after healing and everything but he there was a vehicle on top of him so he was was pretty messed up for a while but yeah just a lot of good a lot of good stories and stuff a lot of hard stuff I went to and everything and not everything is all peaches and cream in there as you can imagine because I mean 99% of the time you're getting called when you're getting called to someone's house you're getting called because it's the worst day of their life and they have lost all control and they need someone else to kind of help take over and help help them get through it sort of thing. So yeah, it was good. It was, those times were good. I liked, I liked helping people when you actually knew you saved a life. That was, that was my favorite part of the job. Oh, for sure. And you know, that's what I, I always strive to, to nail. I don't pull any punches here when I, when I speak to whether it's retired police officers or just everyone in general, Nathan, and that's what I hammer home to them. I said, you know, this is not a cakewalk that these people do. They think it's all freaking sunshines and roses and that it's not, you guys see an enormous amount of wrong that occurs you know you see an enormous amount of depression death you know that you're 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 bared witness to and it's it's not an easy go and when you've been put in the positions that you've been put in as we're going to get into this it's made the situation even harder because you've never all been given the truth i mean i know with all my heart you put your life on the line every day and even though i'm not in policing i know that if i walked outside and i saw a man or woman that was in need or if someone was doing something that could take their life, I would step in. I would give my life for them. That's just who I am. Not everyone is like that. But what you guys do every day, that's your job. And that's what I want to make sure everybody understands is that this is an incredibly difficult job before all this COVID crap came along and where you guys have been placed in impossible positions. And now it's even grown to an even bigger problem now. So maybe we could kind of start there. Um, this all began for you a couple of few weeks ago, I guess, obviously a little bit longer with all this COVID stuff. Why don't we start there with how you felt when this COVID thing started being rolled out, how that was affecting you and maybe what some of the other officers were feeling too. Uh, so when COVID first kicked off sort of thing, um, I, I gave it, I, I guess I gave it a little bit of merit at first. Cause I was like, you know what, I'm in that job. I'm in the job room in strangers homes. I have two young kids of my own. I got a wife at home. Um, so there was a bit of me that was just being a little more cautious in what I was doing and everything like that. Like, but as police officers, you're, you're kind of always cautious because bodily fluids and everything like that in our job is very common that that stuff gets on you, whether it be blood, whether it be 
all sorts of other things get on you. Um, so you kind of you kind of always have to be cautious and you kind of always have to do your job that way. So as for practices at work, um, it wasn't really changing in my it wasn't really changing what I already had did at that point and done at that point, because I mean, I always was very cautious in regards to that stuff. Um, but what I actually, when I, when it, when it all started first kicking off, I was actually off of work for two weeks prior to it all started happening. And, uh, when I got back to work, it was like, it was it's funny. I almost say it's like apocalypse now. Like you had, we had people down in our basement, uh, sanitizing our vehicles, all wearing full PPE. Every time you get in and out of the vehicle, they wanted you to sanitize your sanitize your wheel, sanitize your like everything, just absolutely everything. You had to put hand sanitizer on ten times a day. They wanted you. They recommended wearing masks at first, but obviously it wasn't mandated at that point. So I never did. I never did wear a mask. I never felt like I had to. I'm a pretty young, healthy guy. I stay in shape. I just felt like I didn't need to do those things. Um, however, at first I I was cautious and I just kind of gave it that little bit. And it's funny. Um, the kind of my turning point, and I've kind of always been a person who's been a little more woke in that sense that I, I always knew the system wasn't right and I could feel it. And I kind of always knew that. And, but I was just one of those guys who thought I could power through and maybe be that little, that person in the system who just is maybe just that little, one who's a little different and just kind of give other people hope. Maybe so they can see something that they can see what I'm feeling because I know it's not right. Um, so actually my turning point, my, it's funny. I always say this to my family and stuff. And my, my turning point was actually when Trudeau came out with uh, the gun grab, when he put the ban list out and stuff. And that was, that was a big one for me. And I, that's when I really started to go, Hmm, just kind of using COVID using just a kind of a, a situation out in, you know, sorry, it was out in Halifax, correct. That they, that, that was that mass shooter, stuff yes. like that. And using it to kind of grab guns and, and I just knowing from history and I'm kind of a little bit of a history buff and I just kind of knew it's like, well, why would he want to disarm a peaceful population? That's my biggest thing that just kind of just didn't sit right with me. Like law abiding citizens. And as a police officer, you know that it's it's taking guns out of legal gun owners hands is not going to solve the problem. It's it's all the guys because the criminals are still going to have guns. Now our legal gun owners just don't have guns now. Yeah. So. That's kind of where I started to really see things. And then I started to see kind of the, the tickets and the enforcement for this, this COVID stuff. How you can't even be a group of 10 or people aren't allowed and you aren't allowed to have your own family into your home and things like that. And I, I just didn't understand with people. Like I didn't understand talking to guys like, how can you think this is okay, guys? Like this is your own family. You can't have your own mother over for, for supper that night. Like it doesn't make sense. It's just huge government overreach. And that's when I really started to see it and I really started to not like it. And I, that's when I really started speaking out and everything. And over the past year, even this was kind of the, the last little one thing that happened to me there with me resigning. It was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because I'd been pretty outspoken all year. And I tell everyone how I felt about it and that I wasn't ever going to write those tickets, no matter what they told me. I said, Nope, not happening. I, it's funny because we get, we get trained. Well, I got trained in police college. You get trained and you get, you get a hit, it hits home so hard in you that it's like you respect people's charters of rights and freedoms. Like you respect that above everything else, because if you don't respect that and you can lose charges and you'll actually lose, you'll lose court cases and truly evil people will walk away from doing horrendous things. Even if you breach your charter and you're sloppy in your police work. So I kind of looked at that, but over the past year, it's like the charter is just non-existent. Just everything is just non-existent. Guys don't really think about it and they don't, 
they're not questioning what orders are being put out. They're not questioning the law that's actually being put out. Like they're just getting handed down legislation from our higher ups and they're just, okay, I'll enforce it and they'll write it down. Because it's funny, you you talk to most of these police officers and actually question them on the legislation and they, they can't answer anything. They don't know. They're just like, oh, okay. I got told I had to do this. Yep. Okay. But as police officers, I mean, we were hired to be independent thinkers who looked at both sides of the story. You never make a decision when you only hear one side because it's only one side. That's right. So that's, that's just kind of what I was starting to see and just didn't make sense to me and didn't feel right. And you started to see more and more people were just almost some police officers, they almost enjoyed it in a way. Like you'd see some that just enjoy their job so much. They like writing the tickets. They like doing these things that just, it was starting to get bad. And it was just, it was putting a bad taste in my mouth. It wasn't the job I was, it wasn't the job I started. That's for sure. Yeah, it's really been militarized, hasn't it, Nathan, over the last several years? There's been a, a constant encroachment, as you were talking about. You know, I've talked about the Canadian Charter Freedom of Rights. And just so you understand the simplicity, as I say all the time here, is that when truth is present, very few words are required. So yeah. the Charter and Freedom of Rights, that's a document that a man named Trudeau and a bunch of other people working for a service corporation called Canada yeah. created. Yeah. People don't realize that document doesn't give you your rights. That's supposed to be there to keep agents and officers that are within all these crown corporations in check so that they don't supersede their lawful capacity and trespass against a man or woman. So that's yeah. when I, when I, when we're seeing right now, like uh, you know, all these charter challenges that some of these lawyers are doing to protect people in that. It's really ridiculous when you understand the big picture. It's like going to McDonald's and charter challenging their internal, arguing their internal charter when it had no, lawful of standing over any man or woman to begin with in the first place because our yep. rights come to us from our creator so yep. that was very you know good to hear that you're, you're speaking about this because i imagine there is a division that i'm hearing right now locally here as well with the police and the retired even people that are within the ranks because they're going through the same you know conflict consciously of what you went through the last year do you have any advice for them in, in moving forward uh just Stick true to your values. Uh, just remember what you joined the job for and what you kind of, what oath you took when you took that job. Um, it's an oath to the people. It's not an oath to government agents. It's not an oath to your, to your superiors. It's an oath to the people. At the end of the day, we're called police services. We're not called police forces. We're called police services. And it's funny how all these years they've been pounding that into our heads, community policing, being part of the community, being part of the people more until this past year. Um, just hold the line guys and don't be afraid to speak and speak the truth and stand up for what you believe in because that's all you got at the end of the day because when 25 years ends when when your 25 year career is done that police service isn't going to be there for you anymore but your morals and your values and everything you stood for while you were a police officer are still going to be there and if you had none of those it's going to be a lonely road but if you had those you're going to be laughing yeah and you mentioned to me you had a chance to check out, uh, just so everybody knows, I literally just talked to Nathan for the first time last week. God bless him. He took the call from me, and uh, he was more than happy to come on here as soon as possible, which was tonight. But in our initial conversation, uh, Nathan knew nothing about the work that I've been doing, so I sent Nathan to a Warrior Calls, and you had a chance to watch some of those four foundational videos. And what would you say to your other fellow officers if they had a chance to watch those? I guess I would say... Um... All the other officers out there, I'm going to be recommending as much as I can to people because it just, it's like you said, it's like when, when you speak the truth and when you see what it actually is, it's just, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't argue with it. Like, it's just unbelievable. And there's, there's a breath of fresh air to just see someone like you who's trying to get this out to the people, trying to get this information out that it's, 
it's like I said, it's like, it's a, it's a beautiful thing just to sit there and see that it's like, we're, we're given these rights from when we're, when we're born. And it's, these rights are, like you said, they're given to us, every man, woman, and child. This, this is given to us when we're born. It's not something that we're supposed to earn, or it's not a piece of paper that the government says, oh, you have these things. No, this is just our rights. These are our rights and freedoms that we're guaranteed. And I mean, if all police officers looked at it this way, like I can't even, I can't even fathom what the country would look like right now. It'd be, it'd be beautiful. It would just be, it would be unbelievable. I, yeah, I couldn't even, I can't even fathom it at this point because once you see, like I said, once you see that kind of that, that premise, and if you were to actually apply that out and as law enforcement and everything and walk around and carry that every day in your job, oh man, that would be just a, be awesome. be a great thing. It'd be a great, great thing. And it's not just for our world too, Nathan. Like, you know, we have to all understand is that this trespass that occurs against us all when we're born, it's it's not, you know, it doesn't say, oh, we're just going to do this select group of people. No, everybody, except for the queen of the Pope and them, they've got this trespass that occurs. Can you imagine if we had been given this truth you know, you know, I get goosebumps every time I talk about it when we were in, in kindergarten, you know, and we got it passed down from our parents and such. You're absolutely right. Not only our country, but our world would be an incredible place and in that there would be this enormous transparency, this enormous love and respect that we would have for each other that I have for all these men and women that are in law enforcement. I make no bones about it, right? Even all the years when they've laughed at me and they might've called me a conspiracy theorist and that I knew that what I was doing was right. And it was the truth. And I knew that in time they will be shown this truth and it will reach their, their hearts, their minds and their souls. So that's what it really boils down to because you know, when we're born, Nathan, when we come into this world, we're born as a man or a woman, but there's also immediately that legal person that's created right on paper. So we have a duality. We have a lawful side, which only applies to a man or woman. And then we have a legal side that only applies to that, which is incorporated. See, this is what the lawyer, the, the, the police officers are not taught anywhere in this world or the people. So now we can take this into your field. The police officer, it's always about the vision, right? These people that set this up to compromise the consciousness of man, what they've done is they take a police officer who's really a policeman and they split it up. The policeman is there, as you just so eloquently and powerfully said, you're there to protect your fellow man and woman. That's what your oath came down to at the end of the day. None of this other corporate crap that's going on. But what you also have is known as a police officer. And what does a police officer do? Well, he enforces codes, rules, statutes, and regulations, and they apply to that legal fiction that was created that we're born. Because you know many times you might have pulled someone over for like a, a traffic violation, right? Or whatever. They didn't have a sticker on their plate or whatever. They get this nice big ticket or whatever. They got to go in and play it. And again, you know in your heart that that man or woman wasn't doing anything wrong. Just something came up on your system saying how you've been trained that, hey, there's a, you know, a plate that's not been paid for, blah, 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 blah. And then it just becomes this huge cash cow where conflict occurs. And let's not even talk about how many police officers have been injured, if not killed. You know, at the side of the road, trying to, you know, either by struck by another car or some interaction happens that never would have happened if people were not being pulled over unlawfully. So that's why this is such a big thing that we're dealing with here, because it's about accountability, actually, with everybody in our world and what we've ultimately lost. And it's not lost between you and I, obviously, is the respect and the love that we have for each other. But that respect and love seems to be missing outside of our our our, our own little world here. So this is what we've got to try and bring back. So. Let's bring it forward. Let's let's talk about what happened to you, Nathan, and uh, what led to this, you quitting your job. Let everybody know the, the situation. So I guess it all started on uh, April 24th. There was a kids event in Saskatoon um, that my, ch- my children wanted to go to. 
So I didn't say no to them because I believe all the stuff that was going on, they didn't have a right to be stopping me from going to do this stuff. It's my days off. I figured, you know what, I'll take the kids. They haven't been out very much in the past year and stuff because of what's going on. And a lot of their friends and everything believe in what's going on. So uh, it was hard. It was hard to kind of see my kids. I wanted to give them kind of a normal day where they could go and play in a park, be with their, be with other kids and just have a good day. Anyways, so we're going to go to this kid's event. Um, I saw there was a heavy police presence there. Um, I ended up seeing our, our undercovers. Um, they were working for a general investigation section and they were just taking pictures of people at this event. Um, so they actually took a picture of me. Um, surprise, surprise, they saw me and took a picture there. And uh, they ended up taking it to my higher ups. Um, so that happened on the Saturday. So that was April 24th. And Sunday before I was, before I came into, sorry, before I was supposed to come into work on Monday, I get called at like around seven o'clock or something on Sunday evening. And they said, my uh, sergeant is saying, yeah, you can't come into work today because apparently you attended a children's event or children's rally or something. And we can't, uh, can't have you come in. Uh, just take the day or whatever. You'll get paid for your day. And like, you'll be in, you'll be contacted by uh, the executives tomorrow. I was like, okay. So, Anyways, waited that day, got a call around 5.30 that day, the next day, sorry. And he was my deputy chief, and he said that he saw me at a, got pictures of me at this children's event or whatever. And I said, okay, I never denied I went there or anything. I said, well, it's not really your guys' business what I do with my family. It's not like I'm out there murdering people on my days off or something. But uh, I wasn't there. I wasn't representing Saskatoon police or anything. I wasn't walking around saying I'm a cop. I wasn't doing any sort of thing to make people think, know I was a cop or anything. Uh, I was just taking my kids there and letting them have a fun day. So they told me uh, that at that point, what they were going to make me do is they said they were, that I wasn't going to get punished, but this is what they were going to do. They were going to make me have to take a rapid test every morning before work. Um, and then along with that, I was after I had to sit in the office all day. I wasn't allowed to leave and go to the schools and do any any sort of actual police work. I was I was one of those police officers who liked being out in the community. I didn't like sitting behind a desk. I like to just go and actually talk to people and see kind of how people are doing. I was big into that. I'm a big believer in policing that way. Um so, anyways, um I got told that that's basically what I had to do. And I said no. I said I'm not doing this. I'm not I'm not gonna undergo an invasive medical test. Uh, being forced on me by a chief or sorry a deputy chief of police who has no medical knowledge or any any sort of expertise at all so I said I'm not doing that and as soon as that happened uh, the kind of the tone of the conversation changed pretty quick and uh, he told me okay so now you're disobeying a direct order and all these things and I said well no I'm not disobeying a direct order I'm just not following advice from someone who has no expertise in the field you're trying to force me to do sort of thing anyways um Came from that. Basically, what came from that was they ended up charging me with uh, under the Police Act um, for insubordination major, which is just kind of the major charge for insubordination, I guess, as well as the major charge for uh, dishonorable conduct. So basically, being at the Children's Festival and everything like that was what they were going after me for. Um, right then and there, I knew, and I've seen other officers who've gotten put in these situations where the the executive have gone after them and stuff and it's put they put them through the ringer and once you and once you kind of you fight you in police once you fight these uh you fight these allegations and you fight these charges against you it, it goes to a public hearing so 
media gets a hold of it, everyone gets a hold of it, your name is put out there. And we work for a service that, if I'm going to be honest, the chief of the service is, uh, he's not someone who stands up for his members in the least. He doesn't, he doesn't at all. He's, he's very, he's, he likes to cater to the special interest groups. Uh, big time. You see that. And, uh, he has no problem. And I've seen this time and time again in the past that he has no problem stepping on his patrol officers, stepping on his everyday guys. Um, I don't know, get him ahead in this stuff. I don't know. I don't know at the end of the day why he does what he does. But I've seen that and I've seen officers have to get put through the ringer. And I've seen the stress it puts them through. I see what it does to their families. And I wasn't going to have, I wasn't going to have the public slander me and everything because with this whole COVID narrative right now, if an officer standing up to this right now, um, well, you've already seen it. CBC, CTV, they call me drink the Kool-Aid. I'm a crackpot, all yeah. these things. And I laughed and I said, well, who do you, who do you, what crackpot do you think was taking care of you when you were sleeping at night there, CTV and CBC? <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Like sort of. Thing. So. Anyways, basically what happened there was I already saw kind of the way the service was going um, and what was going on with COVID, everything like that, the regulations. And I was already preparing for the past year that I might have to resign at any point because I wasn't willing to do what they were wanting us to do. Um, Given that, uh, I decided to resign and I wanted to kind of go into the public and the media and everything. Good media, guys like you, people who have good platforms and tell my story and actually tell it from my side versus what they say kind of thing. And, and you, you, you really start to see in the police. And the big thing for me was them trying to dictate what I do with my kids on my days off is I serve this, I serve this city and I serve it well. And I, and I've saved a lot of people's lives and I stopped a lot of bad people from doing bad things. And they're still trying to reach into my home on my days off sort of thing. Um, and I, I, that doesn't sit right with me. Um, I think I've earned that. I think every man in this, every man, woman, child has earned that in this country, that they don't need the government and to overreach into their everyday private lives. As long as they're not, as long as you're not out there hurting people. I mean, how can you, how can you even say that you're allowed to do that? And then eventually when they called back saying what they were going to charge me with and what they were going to go for. And they, they kind of pulled me off my special team I was on and they were going to, they were going to make an example of me basically. And I decided to resign because I rather, I knew my fight was not, I knew my fight was better fought um, outside with all the puppet strings on me. So that's basically where we are today and what we've come to today. So oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. You know, um, Nathan, that, you know, the part that the question that I have is how can these people that are at the top, because it's not just as you heard at the top of the show here, I'm talking about the head of the OPP and I'm talking about my local regional man that acts as the chief of police for another service corporation, Halton. I mean, I have with both of these, not both of them, but mainly with Stephen, I have a very long history with him over the last 10 years, trying to reach out and bringing these truths to him in his office. Or I told him eight years ago, I actually got to bring this letter up where I told him there's going to come a time. I said, when our officers are pitted against the people and they're going to be fighting internally. Right. I, I told him all this eight years ago. I knew they were going to do something. I didn't know it was going to be this COVID thing, but at yep. the end of the day, it's just like you're, the man that was running that organization, he just willfully ignores it. He doesn't do anything in that. I don't know how these people can sleep at night when they must know the truth. They've got to know the truth. Oh yeah. It, it, it honestly just blows my mind that it's, uh, you see, you especially see in our executive and it's, and I was, I always, I always equate it to fear. Like we have police officers that, um, when you become a police officer, I mean, you're supposed to be perpetuating that courage, that bravery, that, 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 
you're that sign of what you're that little, you're that light at the end of the tunnel that people are looking for. They're looking for a solution. And it's like, as soon as a police officer comes, when you're in a very stressful, dire situation, you see that cop come and it's like, you feel a little better. You're just like, okay, they're here. Nothing bad's going to happen to me. But it's really, policing is kind of going away from that big time. You kind of really starting to see it. Um, that it's more so every time you see a cop now, you're just like, oh, am I doing something? Is some, did I do something wrong? Like you kind of see instead of people seeing police officers as the good guys, the guys there to stop the bad people from doing bad things to you. But yeah, like I said, it's, and, I, and I've said that, I said that to my executives. I said, I will come back and I'll work at that place anytime as long as we start perpetuating courage and start doing the right thing and start perpetuating and stop perpetuating the fear and giving into that. But uh, I like, I like Chris, how you say, like how these guys, they act as chiefs of police. They act. That was something I, that's, that's something I've always, that's something I've always held really kind of dear to me is like, I'm a man first. I'm a human being first. And I just, I act as a police officer. I act as a job. Like it, it's, it's a job. I'm not, that's, it's not my identity. It's not who I am. All the experiences I've shared in my life has made me, has given me a lot of good tools to be very good at, at that, at that job, what I act like for 12 hours a day. But at the end of the day, I'm a human being, I'm a man. And I tried to carry that every day in my job um, as best I could that when you talk to people and uh, I want to hear their story, I want to hear them out, whether it is, even if it's the, even if the guy you just caught and you have a real bad person in the back, you want to hear the story because you still want to hear that side of things because at the end of the day, they're human too. And they may just have made a big mistake. And maybe this is the last time they will make that mistake. And maybe you're just that officer who just gave them that little bit of time to his, listen to what they said to uh, it can make them totally change their change the way they view view everything and like i said you might have just saved another person so he doesn't do that thing again sort of thing that's right that's the key oh, word I don't you know, know. nathan acting you know that was one of the big words that i started to, not a big word but it's a simple word and that's why this conversation that you and i are having here for the really for the first time in front of everybody live this is the conversation that you know, we should have had with our parents and their grandparents had with them where they, they explained to everybody, listen, everybody acts in roles in this world in various different, you can be a garbage man, you can be a policeman, a doctor, a judge, whatever you want to be. But at the end of the day, when you're acting in a role, you only have duties and obligations that you're supposed to follow, right? Through your job description, you have no rights. Only a man or a woman has rights, you see, and there's that duality then. When we come into this world, we have to learn how to move through these different realms and how we interact with each other. And these are foundational truths, simple, powerful to love one another. And that's what, you know, you're really impressing the hell out of me here, Nathan, you know, with your, your foundation. It must be that Ukrainian uh, background you've got. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your, uh, your family and, and the background? Because I, I always like to know, you know, where people come from and uh, their back end. Uh, so... I actually grew up, I, I grew up in Saskatoon until I was about eight, seven or eight years old. Just actually kind of, uh, my family actually never had a lot of money or anything like that, uh, which I don't mind because I mean, I got a, I got a lot of experiences and stuff like that. I had to work a lot when I was a kid. So it kind of set that foundation for those kind of those ethics and just kind of that, that hardworking ethics sort of thing. Um, yeah, grew up a pretty big family. There's set, there's seven of us, so five kids. I'm the second youngest. Um, and we we're kind of always hard workers. I had an old fashioned dad that way. Um, he believed in hard work and pushing yourself as hard as you can to always be the best person you could be. Um, kind of guy he used to have me, like I said, he used to have me, there'd be cords of like, we'd, we'd cut wood or whatever because we had wood burning fireplace, stuff like that. And we, 
we'd have cords of wood, cords of uh, stumps and stuff. And he'd be like, yep, go split them. 12 years old and those out there just chopping wood, stuff like that. Uh, we used to garden lots and stuff out on the farm. Just kind of had that background. Um, lots of hunting, stuff like that. We did a lot of that stuff growing up. A lot of independent kind of thinking things. Um, I liked it. My, my dad did. He did. Uh, he was very he catered to kind of how I was. I was kind of born and I was naturally kind of a leader in a way. I don't mean to like kind of toot my own horn or anything, but I was just kind of that guy who liked to stand out. I was very independent thinking. I never let other other people's opinions really bother me. I just, if it made me happy, I'd do it. I didn't really care. Um, and yeah, that kind of, he kind of, he kind of just honed, I wouldn't say he honed it in me, but he just, he let me be that kind of growing up and you kind of always encourage that and always encourage yourself always encourage us to be independent thinkers and don't be afraid to question things and don't be afraid to ask why when people do or tell you to do things um he's also just a big believer and this is something i really believe in that's like i am every man in this world is born equal and just because you like you said just because you act like a chief of police you act like a deputy chief of police doesn't give you any more authority over me in my everyday life um, I'm just as, I'm just as much of a man as you. I, I bleed, I have a heart, everything the same as you. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I never let people walk all over me because of it. Um, and I guess just, and of course, you know, just being Ukrainian and I, I, I just sounded they're, they're scrappy people. They really much are like, and you, you start to, you really see that in them. Um, and I actually, my grandfather on my dad's side so my guido on my dad's side we used to we used to actually go out and i'd spend they lived out in cudworth and we'd go spend two weeks there every summer and i'd take swimming lessons at the pool out there and uh i used to actually go and sit with uh him and have coffee every morning right before i went to my swimming lessons and he 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 would sit there and talk with old farmers and stuff from around that time some guys were guys who fought one or two of them were world war ii vets and and uh stuff like that and just all all walks of life these guys and you kind of you get that intergenerational you kind of you get that discipline and stuff in those two weeks you see that hard work ethic and stuff that honestly they lived in a lot more freer of a time than we do now and it's uh it kind of makes you i kind of fell in love with that like i fell in love with that and i kind of saw these guys like guys talk about being soldiers and stuff in world war ii and it's just law enforcement, everything like that, it kind of all falls military law enforcement. It's all kind of in the same kind of area, right? So, and it just, I fell in love with it immediately as well there because you just, you see what these guys do and the type of men it takes to, to kind of fill these roles in these positions. And it's, it's a different kind of person. Like it, it takes a different, it takes a strong human being, someone with strong character to do these sort of jobs and be able to be successful at them. So it kind of just, yeah, just kind of created me into who I am today, I guess. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'll always be thankful kind of for that upbringing because that upbringing is what made me and uh, contributed to what I am today. And it's, it's like, well, like you too, Chris, it's the same thing. It's like, it's just someone who's not willing to back down and not willing to, not willing to just give into what they, what they want for you. Yeah. Well, we can't brother. Like I say, and I, I, my heart's telling me the good Lord upstairs, like I said, I'm always asking them to send me angels, warriors, you know, to help. And as I said to you before we came on here tonight, that this has been a, a an incredible journey for me, especially this last year to see that the, you know, the things do not happen by accident. And when the timing is right, 
these golden nuggets are dropped down in front of me. And I believe, my friend, that you, and there's another gentleman in Mississauga, both of you are going to be an incredible light to this world with all of us when we stand together. Because this conversation that we've had here this evening, this is what needs to be occurring right now. Because we have not only that colossal lie that happened against all of us when we we're moments old, born in a hospital, born, not birthed. Remember that. Birth is a shipping term. It's a commerce term. You have to understand our consciousness has been under attack all these years. And they've done it on so many levels, Nathan. It's not funny, right? For example, the, the great one, happy birthday to you. See, they're reinforcing constantly to, to people a birth. And that's why you see a birth certificate. And it all supposed to gel together. And you don't realize that a man or a woman is not birthed. That's something that's a shipping term. A man or a woman is born. A child is born into this world. Right. And you are a man or woman with all your unalienable rights. But right from that moment that we're born immediately on paper and God bless the good people in the hospitals, the doctors and the nurses, they don't know this either. They've just been trained to fill out paperwork in a specific way. That's when that legal person, that's when that corporation, because you can attest to this, every traffic ticket that you wrote, you're always writing things in all capital letters, were you not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's all caps for a lot of stuff, especially last names was always the capital letters. That's right. I was just kind of. Even when I'd spell my name on this stuff, last name, whenever I even put my last name, you get so used to it, just capital letters. And I, and I, I laughed because I watched your foundational videos and I saw that and I just, I started laughing because I was like, geez, like they've been doing this. Like you're just, even, even guys like us, like even a guy like me who kind of knows it's not right, knows it, you don't see these things. You start to see it and you're just like, holy crap. Like, yeah. That's when you start to recognize and understand the separation between the legal person that was created. Remember, that's like McDonald's coming along. I always do this, uh, Nathan. I always throw McDonald's in there. If, imagine if McDonald's came along when you were born and they created that documentation and then they sent it to you a few weeks later while you're only more, you know, still lying in a crib at home and you've got this birth certificate that came from McDonald's. How much credibility would your mother and father, how much credibility when you got older, you know, they might keep it for keepsakes, say, look at this, here's a memorable event, you know, McDonald's gave you a cute little thing with their M emblem, you know, you tell, oh, this is great. But when you start to sit down and you really understand the depths of this incredible fraud that is occurring against all of us in the consciousness and mind of man, that's where another society that comes into this, that you are independent of as law enforcement is supposed to be, and that's called the bar. And the bar, well, their whole business model can be based on let those deceive, which is a maxim in law, let those deceive be deceived. And that's what's going on in our world, Nathan, is that our fellow man and woman do not have these foundational truths, what happened to them when they were born. That's why they don't know who they are now. You're not, you're not a what or a thing. That's what a birth certificate is. And if you've ever looked at your birth certificate, look at the bar. How old are you, Nathan? 32. 32. Oh, good. Well, you're a young guy. Well, like I said, you've, you've grown up enough this world to know that we don't wear masks on our face. You know, you've had enough of this real world to realize the difference between right and wrong. And, and that's why this is so important. You coming forward right now and sharing your truth with everybody, because it's, it's really desperately needed, Nathan. It truly is. Yeah. Thank you. Like you said, that was, that was the biggest thing for me. And even like you said, with the masks, like, I'm sorry guys, but criminals wear masks. Yeah. Like the police officers and heroes, you know, you're supposed to see their faces. You're supposed to see who's serving you. So that's, right. that's what I just don't get. I just that's don't right. get how guys can be so okay with that. Yep. Well, it's going to take a few of us to wake them up. And I believe yep. that the, uh, how should we say, the, uh, the warrior army is coming metaphorically, you know, with the, the mankind waking up consciously. Because this truth that we've talked about here tonight, it's occurring in the United States big time with the assemblies they've got set up there with Anna Von Wrights. They're restoring the common law back in our courthouses. Because just now you recognize, you go and look at every single court filing you've ever, ever seen. 
go look at them. You're always yeah. going to see the names are in all capital letters at the top of that. And yeah. that's when the light goes on, you go, oh my God, look at the, as you said, they haven't done 99% of the time wrong or harm. And those people that were causing wrong or harm, well, you know what, throw the book at them. I don't care what system it's coming at them. If they deserve something, if they killed somebody or whatever. But again, you were also alluding to the, the, the part that's really missing is the love that we have for our fellow man and woman. As you said earlier, they could just have been having a bad day. We all understand that. We're, we all say things sometimes when we're mad. That's just part of life. But we've got to look at each other with love in our heart and look to help people. And then those people that aren't there to be looked at for help that are actually going to cause wrong or harm to another man or woman, trespass, well, that's what you were there for. That's what all the police are there for, to protect and serve we the people. That's that's the honor that, that they're all supposed to hold. And now it's turned into, pardon my language, a big pus fuck that's going on out there, right? They, they don't know who they are. They don't have a clue the difference between legal and lawful. So how are these incredible men and women, even if they're put in an investigative perspective, how are they able to solve anything when they're not given these foundational truths? And that's why what we're doing here today, I think, is so important, Nathan. You're really going to be a light to people and moving forward. What, how do you feel about, for example, um, you know, when you see like Justin Trudeau, you realize now that what these people are doing. Have you did a little bit more research on the COVID-19? Because from my broadcast, I've done multiple top doctors in the world. We've all been lied to here. There is no pandemic that's going on. They're basically doing this to bring in a hard reset of the monetary system worldwide. And this is what this is ultimately about. And they have no problem killing millions, hundreds of millions of people worldwide. They've done it in all the world wars before. If you learn history, as I'm sure your grandfather knew, that everyone's been played. We've all been played like fools. And, you know, and that's why I think this time right now is one of the greatest moments in, in mankind's history because we actually have a very small window here with this truth and the connectivity to bring these truths out into the light to change this world for what it was always supposed to be been, been for. But for you, how do you see going forward in our world with, you know, as this is progressing, are you going to still continue to reach out? I know you said you spoke last weekend at an event. How did that go? Uh, it was good. Uh, I actually sp- I spoke in Edmonton. Um... And may, I guess my main purpose right now that I'm trying to do uh, is I'm trying to reach law enforcement, kind of military. I want people to get, like those guys to be watching and seeing what I'm saying, because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I, I've been, I did the same job. I know exactly how they feel when they do these things. And it's I'm just trying to give them the courage to stand up um, because for the COVID thing, I, kn- I know it's a hoax. I know it's all just BS. I know that. Because, I mean, you can't, you can't, and I've said this on other, or I've talked to other people, is you can't lie to frontline workers. Because if we were in a deadly pandemic, my, most of my clientele being the homeless, kind of the people who are immune compromised, all these people. Bodies everywhere. Yeah, exactly. It'd be, it'd be, as police officers, we'd be scared to come to work. We wouldn't want to come to work because it'd be, it'd be just too scary. But that never happened. That never, that never happened. And he's like, you start to see these models and everything's based off models and this new AI system that they, they put numbers in and it throws a guess out that's been wrong every time, by the way. But you, you start to see these things and you start to see the lies and you're like, well, you can't, you can't bullshit to us because we're out there. We see it every day. You can't, you can't lie to us. So it's, I mean, so basically when I'm speaking at events and stuff and I went, Edmonton was good. It was really, it was actually, there's quite a bit of people at that one. Um, it's the biggest one I've ever been to to talk. And I'm just trying to give people when I go there and stuff, I, I just want to give people hope that it's kind of just awaken that little, like you always say, awaken that warrior inside them that they know it's like every person is just as powerful. We just need to stand together. And it's, it's just like, just like one finger isn't strong, but then all five together and you make it in a fist and it's strong. And it's like, you can't break those things. And it's, and I just want people to know that it's, 
you look at a guy like me, it's like, yeah, I had a, I had a great career, a great pension, all these things that everyone that this, you know, kind of that the world makes you believe that that's everything that you need in this world. But then you start to realize what's actually important, what's actually like kind of, like I said, important in your life and your family's what's important because they're the ones who are going to be there at the end of your career, not the police service. No, no matter how many medals you won, no matter anything, that's none of that's going to be there, but your family's going to be there. That's your legacy. That's everything. And they're trying to, they're trying to control what we do with that. They're trying to take that away from us or take away that kind of that family, that those family, those like those traditional family values. And they're trying to, they're attacking it. And it's just, and I'm not having it. And I'm just trying to give people the courage to stand up to it. I mean, you look at a guy like me who sits there and he, I said, I say goodbye to a six figure paying job a year. Like you say bye to it, but, and everyone sits there and asks me like, well, that must've been really hard and stuff. When I look at my two children and those are the people who I did it for, it was a very easy decision at that point for me. It wasn't, I didn't hesitate. I didn't feel like I need to hesitate because those are my kids. You don't, you don't mess with my kids. It's plain and simple like that. It's like you have, everyone has their, I wish everyone felt that way about their families. And you see people just giving their kids up to go get vaccinated and stuff or letting their kids wear masks inside schools. And you're just, they're not even willing to stand up to a principal at a school. Like, are you kidding me guys? Like these are, these are your children sort of thing. Like out in the, you look out in the wild and stuff, you try to mess with a lion's kids. What's going to happen? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Where, where did those, where did that instinct in us go sort of thing? And I, I know where mine is, but I don't know where other people's are. So, yeah, that's the part that, you know, is really, really, really bothered me. I'm the same too. For me, they really effed with the wrong guy many years ago, right between the courts and what happened to my father. And, uh, you know, when they did that to me, it was like, it, it started out a journey initially for me to write an enormous wrong that happened with me and my family. But then I came across this enormous truth and I realized that this is affecting all of mankind all of us here. And it's not so big that any one of us cannot take it down. We just have to have that courage to stand up in truth. And eventually that truth is going to resonate off these incredible people that are still in law enforcement. That's when they got to start to rise up and come to the table now and realize that they've got to look to the higher ups and within their organizations then and ask the very serious questions. Why are they not doing what they should be doing? And, it, and unfortunately, it comes back to a very disturbing answer when you get down to it, is that either they're corrupt or they're willfully ignorant. And both of those two facts require that those people are not in those positions. They should not be there. And so yeah. this is a this is happening all over the world right now, as you know, uh, Nathan, and it's in every police department. It's it's a it's a very, very difficult problem, because as my opening picture shows, is that ignorance is the enemy. Right. And it's uh, we have no ill will feeling towards our people, but because people have become so lazy and so dependent on somebody else providing for them and doing things for them, like you and I grew up in a in a time when there wasn't, uh, you know, cell phones, you know, mm -hmm. we, we, we didn't have that, especially me and you really had an interaction like when you woke up in the morning, especially on a Sunday, we used to have days, Sundays were days of rest, nobody worked, right? All the stores were closed, you might get the odd variety store open, but that was a time and a place. And then they took away the Sunday. So they're, everybody's working full day. And it's like, as you said, they're slowly tearing apart the fabric of the family unit, which is based on love, which is the foundation structure for our entire world. And when they can rip that family unit apart, well, then it's easy pickings, divide and conquer. And that's oh. why this is a fight right now before us like never before. And that's, uh, you couldn't, you couldn't put it in a better way. It's like, if everyone still had those, those strong family values, all that stuff right now, this wouldn't have even started. People wouldn't have, it wouldn't have even happened because people would have just had each other's backs and be like, nope, we wouldn't have listened to anything they had to say. It would have just been like, we have our family back and you take care of you and your own. And 
if everyone did that, it would have just been a beautiful thing because communities would have came together, everything would have came together. And, and I guess my biggest thing I want to, I also try to say to law enforcement and guys like that is like, as soon as you guys say no to this stuff, as soon as law enforcement and police say no, it's done. Everything is done. It will, they, they wouldn't, they would have no, if they don't have people to enforce their, just, yeah, part of my language, their bullshit laws, their bullshit orders, then they have nothing. They have absolutely nothing. And you watch 24 hours later, we'd be back to a free, well, freer country. But I'm at the point that if they give me an inch, I'm ready to take 10 miles. I don't just want a mile back. I want That's 10 right. miles back. So no, it's like, it's like you said earlier there, Nathan, you said, you know, you, you grew up when you were younger, you said you wanted to be that superhero, right? You know, all of us did. I wanted to be a police officer too. All of us, yeah. because that's that, that image that we saw growing up that there's a place where you get to, well, carry a gun, but you also get yeah. to take out the bad guys, right? Which was yeah. something very important for us. And, and that is so important that we, we bring that back into this world because moving forward, if we don't have, you know, this love that we have for each other, there's, we're not going to have a world. You know, and, and that's why this moment right here, right now, as I've said in many other broadcasts, Nathan, if you go back and watch some of them, I'm telling those in law enforcement, you have before you the greatest opportunity ever in the history of this planet. When you really understand history going back thousands of years, we have a moment in time right now where we can actually bring an incredible truth forward and the people in law enforcement get to actually save the day. They get to ride in like the Calvary and wipe out all of this corruption right around this world with the military. But they can't do that, Nathan, if they don't have these foundational truths. They've got to get these truths somehow. And that's why I'm I'm so grateful for you for you coming on here tonight, because I believe that, you know, hopefully in this near future here, we're going to work more and more together. I'm at the seven days a week, 24 hours a day, pretty much. And I'm starting to see a change that's happening now, a good change. But the other side is also picking up their pace as well, right? It's a race. You know, oh, yeah. we've got two trains going here. They're going to get everybody vaccinated and then the shit's really going to start to hit the fan. And that's the other thing too that I've talked about. I don't know if you've thought about this. From a military standpoint, if you wanted to come in and take over any country in the world, boy, without even firing a shot, this is the best way to do it. Because if all the frontline responders, right, in the military, nurses, yep. doctors, everyone's going to be mandated to take these vaccines. And we know the truth about these vaccines that people are going to start dropping. All yep. of a sudden, our entire countries are completely vulnerable. We're not going to have police. It's going to be every man and woman for themselves, especially south of the border of us. And that's what I think is the biggest thing that's going on here, because there is no greater country in the world than the United States and the people, what they fought for when you understand their history. And they've also been lied to and, and completely bamboozled like the rest of us, but at least they still have their guns. Right. And that's why people need to understand. That's why they're there to prevent the tyranny as, as, as Switzerland always said, you know, the people there that the people must be armed with knowledge and also armed with physically, you know, to, in order to prevent any type of tyranny from taking hold. And that's why it ties back into you've been fantastic here tonight for me. That's why it ties back to what you said earlier about the tyranny that Trudeau's doing, trying to yep. take away the guns. It's not the law. I'm a gun owner and I love it. I don't hunt, but I love Ipsic shooting. I love the eye hand coordination. Oh, yeah. We aren't the ones that are going out robbing banks and killing people and doing things. We're the people that store our guns. We have respect for the guns. We share the sport with everybody. We love it. What we're doing. We're completely safe. Not these yahoos out here that are getting and bringing them across the border that are causing these crimes out, crimes out in the streets. So when the guns are taken from the lawful people and then our, our police officers are all been compromised via health wise from these vaccinations, what's left? Nothing. Right. It's scary. Like when you, when you lay it out like that, it's a scary thing. That's, and I've, and I've said that even just, I've said that to my wife and everything too. It's like, you take out the, like, can you imagine you phone 911 and it's just 
no answer. That's There's right. nothing. Like right. just the thought of that is a scary, scary thought. And it's like if you got none of those, you got none of those people who are literally put on this earth to protect other people, uh, which I believe I was put on this earth to do. And if you don't have that anymore, then what do you have? You got no one. It's like they'll just, like you said, they'll walk in, not even have to fire a shot, and they'll just take anything they want. Yeah. Have many officers reached out to you, Nathan? On yeah, the quiet, so I don't need names or anything, but you know. Oh, oh for sure. Uh, yeah, I actually a good number uh, guys I actually never even talked to in my time there because it's it's a it's a service of about six hundred members. So I mean, in the eight years I was there, I I knew faces and stuff, but did I talk to every single one? No. But guys that I never even talked to in those eight years, they they reached out to me and they they said they believe they're they're very happy I took a stand and they believe in what I did. Um, it was really good that way and. And I guess I tried, I tried right before I left to kind of organize a few of the guys like that I knew were not buying into this stuff because there, there's quite a number and I guess they just weren't there yet. They just weren't there yet to actually take a stand and do what what was right. But I mean, I'm not going to stop trying because I mean, like I said before, is like, we get these guys on our side and it's over. Like it is so over for them. It's <laughs> that's what I said. We got a bunch yeah. of these pissy little corrupt people acting as politicians who are corrupt yeah. to the core at the head of yeah. these service corporations. Every attorney general right across this land. When you understand, they're all involved in this. It's ma- it's basically child trafficking of what's going on in the hospitals. And then when you get oh, yeah. you know to a larger level, when we get adults, it's absolutely. It's at, you know, it's just, they're trafficking persons, right? That they've created or whatever. And all of us through our ignorance are allowing this to happen. And that's why, unfortunately, this did have to happen in our world at this particular time, because I believe this is a fight, my friend, that, that is truly going to set the tone for humanity and mankind moving forward in the future. And having a guy like you standing shoulder to shoulder with me, and there's going to be other police officers. That's what I said to everyone, Nathan. So you understand the long and the short. I know you've just been introduced to the work that I've been doing. But for me, it's very simple. The rules of civil procedure, that's what the bar, private society, has been losing to block we the people from accessing our courthouses. Once that's removed out of the way, a guy like me, a guy like you, a man or woman, they can go to that public courthouse and we can move our claims in courts like that against another man or woman. That's when you can bring Justin Trudeau in, Doug Ford in, all these premiers or attorney generals, and it's you're on equal footing ground now. They're not coming in with their, their corrupt society or whatever, using all their rules and processes. No, no, no. I've got verified evidence here that you've trespassed. That's the only word you ever have to use is trespass because it covers everything under the sun. That they've trespassed, and then you present your information, your, your evidence to a jury of your peers, and they simply come back whether that claim be true or not. That's how simple it is. And that's why they're terrified right now. That's why they shut down all our, our courts because they don't want us getting into them. And even when we do try and get into them, there's those, the ones wearing the black robes, they're still blocking us using those rules. So that's what I hope every law enforcement officer, man and woman out there hears from this interview, especially from today, that it's those rules of civil procedure that are truly block, blocking this truth from coming into a public courthouse. And then guys like you and the honorable people that are out there in law enforcement actually rising up and being you know the calvary and riding out and taking on down this evil that's what it's boiling down to yep. yeah it's a i i can't wait i just cannot wait i'm, I'm just like you said it just just getting to that point like you see the corruption you've been part of it and stuff and it, like i always said to people and stuff um in regards to me becoming a police officer it's really disheartening and it was a really hard thing for me to accept when you when you think you're when you think you're working for the good guys, when you actually start to see, no, I'm not working for the good guys. I'm working for someone else. I'm working for someone else entirely that actually goes against every value I have or moral I have in regards to 
what I can know is right to do for our everyday, like every day for men and women out there. So it's when I hear you talk, Chris, it's, it's just as much hope for me as you say, I give hope for you, brother. Oh, it's like I say, it's reciprocal brother, because I can already tell that you and I, our foundation as, as men is based on love. We just don't love our family. We love every man and woman. We care deeply about our society and our world. And it's going to be the people like us that are going to rise up and, and show people the way forward. So I am truly blessed to have you here this evening, Nathan. And uh, I'm definitely, we've gone for a little bit over about an hour now, which is perfect timing. Um, I just want to, I'll bring you back in a few more weeks. You and I, let's start keeping in touch with each other and let's help bring this truth forward because it's a one-two punch. You know, when people understand first who they are, then they can understand the solution moving forward when they're shown the lies and deceit. And it simply lies at that public courthouse, Nathan. It's the most powerful place in this country, in our world for all of us, our local public courthouse. Because when we can move a claim and access it properly against any man or woman in this country properly, there's going to be no more shenanigans going on in court when that man wearing the black robe is moved to the side and he simply bears witness. And it's a jury of our peers, our people. They decide if there was a trespass, the right or wrong that occurred, and they decide what the penalty is supposed to be. And hopefully there's going to be a lot of love that's within those courtrooms as well, too, because we've all been conditioned, you know, that our consciousness has been corrupted and, and damaged so much because of all this stuff that's been put in us, be it through motion picture, television, radio, print, the, the constant, constant barrage on our consciousness to keep us from knowing who we are. And that's what's ultimately happening now is that we're, you know, blossoming like the flower start of the video, so to speak. Yeah. And we're truly understanding who we are in our standing and the power that we truly all hold. And if I have a hundred guys like you, Nathan, standing shoulder to shoulder with me, I mean, getting into that public courthouse is going to be a piece of cake. And that's when the world will see in real time, the truth get laid where it should be laid out in the public for the world to see under oath or affirmation, right? Not in some television studio where it's manipulated, not politicians on a floor, not motion pictures or radio television. That's all compromised and controlled. No, the truth is actually going to be laid bare in a public uh, courthouse that the world can, through technology now, see in real time. And in that moment, Nathan, I hope to God, I have a feeling you're going to be with me when we do this here, uh, because it'll be a great moment. It's Like I say, it's going to be law enforcement knee deep with me on each side, with hundreds of thousands of people, hopefully, as well, surrounding the courthouses. And away we go. And once it happens in one courthouse, Nathan, you have to understand, it goes right across every public courthouse in the world, especially in the common common law countries, because that's yeah. what's been removed for us. Lawyers are taught that common law is case law. And we can get into that to another time. But ultimately, the lawyers themselves, although we know their society, how repugnant it is, they've been lied to. They're our fellow man and woman. And I know a lot of great people that are lawyers. And when they're looking at their stuff, they're going, oh, my God, what have I been doing all this time? Right. They're totally... It's, it's totally pulled the rug out from underneath their feet. Same like a police officer. When they're shown all these legal actions that you've been taking against your fellow man were unlawful, unless they trespassed, right? Causing wrong or harm. So like I said, the resources will all have a hard reset. Our consciousness will have a hard reset. And boy, this world will, will turn around like nothing before. So I'm truly grateful for you being here this evening with me, my friend. I'll have you back definitely in a few more weeks here, but let's... Uh, Let's start this because I'm doing with a gentleman by the name of Scott McKay in the United States. If you look him up on YouTube, he's got a channel called Street Fighter. And he gets, after his streams, he's very successful there. The people are wide awake. We're looking to do this as well in the United States with Sheriff Mack and them, if you don't know. They're going to get 100 sheriffs together with Dr. Judy Mikovits or Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. And they're going to go to that courthouse. And if anyone wearing those black robes tries to stop them, they're going to get arrested right on the spot. And that's when those doctors are going to come forth and they're going to lay their evidence down before the world. This is what we're working to, and we're trying to do it as quickly as we can in the next three to four months. So, exciting times.
That is exciting. It's great to hear. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much, Nathan. And give my best to your wife and your two children. And on behalf of me, and I guarantee you, every single man and woman out there that's watching this, thank you. Thank you from my heart. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Okay. Love you lots, Nathan. We'll talk to you soon. And uh, have a great evening. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. So that was Nathan People that I just had on here. An incredible, incredible man. And he is one that I'm going to say right now here on the record of hundreds that are going to now start to come forward, if not thousands. It's going to happen, okay? I've been waiting a year for this moment to have a conversation with a man like Nathan, okay? And there are other people that I've met that are retired police officers as well. Vince Gersey's the OPP. Huh. You know, that's what I mean. You get Vince and a guy like Nathan together and a few other like-minded people that are in law enforcement that have the training. And that's what they came on this word for, as this man recognized. That's why he was put here, right, to protect his fellow man. It was within him from the moment that he came into this world. For me, it was the music and entertainment industry, you know, bringing forward this incredible initiative. I didn't plan on doing this, but maybe I guess I did in a roundabout way. So what I'm going to do is I want to play something really, really quickly. This next part, we're going to go a little bit long here tonight. We're going to go another, I'll wrap this up by 10. The reason why what I'm going to hit everybody home with now, and hopefully Nathan is still watching, is absolutely huge. It's a huge moment that's going on right now between myself and dealing with this society called the Law Society of British Columbia. For those of you that don't know, they reached out to me. Uh, well, I shouldn't say they reached out to me. They, uh, they, they were, weren't too happy with me assisting Mac Pahar with his court work, establishing his court case, and also appearing just as a, a witness in his in his. Uh, legal proceedings that were going on. They chose to ask me questions during that. And I responded, you know, very eloquently and very simply, no confrontational. I just said, you know, well, legal doesn't apply to people, you know, only lawful does. So I've always been about the jurisdiction, the control of our courts. And these people that are bar members do not like what I'm doing. And it's obvious why they don't like what I'm doing, because when the truth finally hits mass, uh, their gig is up. Okay. And they are finished. And every single case that they've been dealing with, in their entire career is going to get brought out into the mat and people are going to start to see what they've actually really been doing and all the enormous wrong and harm that's been occurring. And that's why this moment is so important right now, because when we have people like Nathan waking up and then we have people also now awake to who they are and the difference between legal and lawful, and then that solution lies at our public courthouse, boy, it's going to be a great time in this world, but we've got some hard lumps that are coming fast and furious against us because unfortunately every day when I go out, I still see them. Well, not every day when I go out, I wish I could go out every day, but when I do go out, you still see my fellow man in this mass consciousness, you know, of uh, confusion, but there are signs that are a lot of people that are within the stores. They're all aware, even though they're being forced to put these masks on, you know, they're saying, yes, this is all BS. And they realize that we're all being lied to. So this is going to come to a head. It has to one way or another. And let's make sure that it comes to, in favor of what we are all doing here. Uh, actually, what I would like to do, actually, Paul, is I'm going to play um, a short video here just to show everybody that I got here today. Uh, and then we're going to get into this documentation that's just got filed today because um, it's very, very important. It's very, very powerful. So let me just grab this here. Uh, can I, again, I hope everyone's having a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Sorry, I meant to get this video up just before I, um, whoops. Okay, that's good, Paul. Yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy how tight it's been crazy. Man. Oh, and I'll, I'll well, this is opening up here for me. I just want to do a quick update on Simone and Bodine. Um, they're both okay, um, but the police are still coming after them. Okay, they they had a visit that we were they were told today that came to uh, Simone's parents' house, 
and uh, you know uh, they heard through the grapevine, so to speak. So this is obviously an ongoing problem because they cannot allow Bodine and Simone, okay, to bring this truth out into the light. You saw the LTA, which is the living testimony in the form of an affidavit that God bless Simone and Bodine put in with the incredible help of Mookie uh, from the Australian uh, State Assembly. Uh, that's in Australia, that is the first assembly that's been set up outside of the United States. And as if you go back and watch last Thursday's, oh, I apologize, last Thursday's show. I haven't uploaded last Monday's, last Wednesday's or Thursday's show. I'm completely, I'm completely sorry. I've just been, uh, I've got priorities here with casework and court work and like the the deadline that I was on, not a deadline, but uh, this uh, trespass that occurred against me, they were requiring a response within 21 days after I was supposedly served, which was on May 10th that we're going to get into. But just before I do that, I want to play this. Um, I want to play this short video here because it's very tough. What's that? Oh, yes. And, and if I can also say to everybody, congratulations, Bodine. Bodine is uh, now officially a warrior administrator. This woman is just, she's just incredible. I love her to death. Uh, she's just so hardworking at everything she does. Like Tammy, Tiffany, everyone, she's right in there doing all she can. Uh, this woman's now going to be administrator on the chat line. So God bless you, Bodine. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And uh, I wish, I w- want you to know that we are all with you. You know, eventually, you know, they are going to come. We're doing everything we're something to do to stop any type of arrest from happening and Bodina told me just before the show came on tonight that they're the the uh, package that went to Antonio Gutierrez who's the UN Secretary General hasn't arrived at his office yet but it should hopefully be there a little bit later this week so without further ado let me just uh, put this up on the screen here Paul if I can let me take the off. So what this is, I just want to give this little side video here. It's basically very powerful on surrounding the vaccinations and what they're doing. Okay. And the technology and what they've had and known for a long time, what they're actually able to do with a cell, a human cell. So let's, uh, let's have a look at this here, folks. And I'll be right back. I got to grab a drink while I'm at it. This is actually having one animal learn something and seeing and recording that activity and put it into the sensory cortex of the second animal, and that animal acquires the knowledge. Uh, From the human drone technology standpoint, you can attach the human brain to another human brain, you can direct motor activity, or you can send communication and information. Um, Dr. Ventner's work is, my my view, the equivalent of the development of nuclear weapons when you realize uh, that he created life in a cell. He programmed yeast cells to produce anything he wanted. These can be inserted into you through the hypospray uh, needles. You put in a specific gene slicing, you program what you like, you put it in the cell, and it can reproduce and make as much as you like. It sends a signal and tells which portion of the DNA should unwrap, unfold, and produce a product. Related to this is an idea called dreads. These are designer receptors that can be remotely controlled. You can create a cell, you can put it somewhere in the body, and you can remotely activate it. So you have the capacity to create any product, as long as you know the DNA sequence, you can insert it into a living system, and you can remotely control it. That may affect the way you think, the way you act. So once you know that the technology is there to edit, splice, and program a cell, and the technology currently exists to administer it to somebody and have it go park anywhere you program it to go park, proliferate, and do its function, you can have 
things activated in other people's brains. Just people have figured out how to hide imagery in the DNA of bacteria. You can have the information uh, reproduced in a string form as a form of a protein. The new way to uh, hide information is going to be in DNA. This is the first experiment showing what imagery you can hide in bacteria. This is the latest. It's a GIF file. Well, this is what the Chinese are doing with DNA. Merging DNA systems with quantum uh, uh, computing will be really quite an amazing and both lethal threat. The next thing I wanted to mention to you is memory. Can we erase memory? Can we modify memory? Can we change memory? Short answer is yes. So that is uh, that's pretty good, right? It's uh, really showing you what is going on here. You know the technology that uh, is out there, the the uh, discoveries that they've managed to uncover. And you know, I usually don't go off too much of my topics, but just let's say this: you know, from all my vast uh, drill down of research over the last twenty years, and again, for those of you that aren't familiar, I've gone across the whole spectrum. It's not just learning about common law, the trespass, that was just one element, a huge element that got brought to my attention that obviously allowed me to vehicle to bring it forward. But in the bigger picture is that when you start to understand what's been going on this planet for a very, very, very long time for thousands of years, is that, uh, you know, there's, there's something very nefarious that's occurring here and that we've all been lied to. And, you know, that the technology that they have, for example, in the military is a thousand years advanced from anything that we see that's out there. I fully believe that because I've, I've heard that from many people that unfortunately are now dead that were uh, bringing these truths forward. But Ronnie Kildee was an incredible one. She was the past uh, health minister of Finland. And uh, she uh, she did an incredible job. If you get a chance to look her up online, definitely look her up on YouTube. Uh, brilliant woman. And the truth that she was bringing out then also applies to here and now. She was telling everybody exactly what was going on with the vaccines and the past the SARS that we had in Canada here, who actually engineered it. And it was a test, et cetera. Well, now they rolled it out on a very large global platform now. And it's very important that we find a way. And with people like Nathan, that they're going to come to the table. I know we will get this done. It's going to take some time. Never lose faith and never lose hope. Okay. So thank you for bearing with me on that. Uh, let me just get rid of this one too as well. Oh, yep. That's right. I'll just do a quick little fix up here. Way to go, Paul. On the money as always, Paul. I can't thank you enough. Beautiful, brother. Okay. So let me give everyone the little, the long, the short of it here is that I was helping people as I've always been doing, but I've been helping people on a very higher level across this country right now. And from Nova Scotia all the way over to uh, uh, New, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, I've got the bar societies all over me. Okay. They're all talking behind the scenes. They're all using the work or the so-called rulings, for example, like the Suklesky court with Michael, when they threw them out as supposed to be their foundational that they're going to start using against these other cases that are going, that they're having problems with and everything from family right through to, well, as you're seeing here right now, as you're about to see is that the biggest fight that's ever gone on in this country, in this world is now going down. And this is basically a man that's standing up against an entire society called the bar and it boils down to two very simple questions, right? Who claims I'm property within your society or who has a contract with me privately or on the corporate side, whatever role you're acting in for whatever service corporation, do you have a contract with me in either of those capacities? And the answer to both of those questions is no. And if you do not have a contract with any man or woman in this world privately or for any service corporation they're working through, and that man or woman's not going to come forward and claim that your property then not a damn thing that they put pen to paper applies to you. 
That's simple. Now, I know we have these incredible common law groups that are out, you know, all the time. Paul's on them as well. They go many hours sometimes. Everyone's trying to, you know, they first hear about the common law and they're excited about it. They want to learn more about it. And God bless everybody out there because you're all sharing this, this information as this great awakening is going on in our world. And, and I don't mean to be the guy that's ruining everybody's party, but it is very, very simple. It's those two questions. That's all you need to know. What I'm going to show you here drills right down on incredible detail that has been now sent to the bar today, registered mail, and these various people that have trespassed against me. They've ultimately, because of what I was doing with Mac Bahar down in Vancouver, they've been looking to find out a way. First, they threatened me because I recorded the broadcast, but then they rescinded that email immediately within 24 hours, so I let it go. This goes back a few months for Mac Bahar. But now then they came back with basically saying, we've got to stop this man from accessing the public courthouses because he's not falling under our rules and he's causing problems for us. Right. This is ultimately what it's about, because I'm not falling under their rules of civil procedure and I'm not a member of their society. Then as far as they're concerned, they have the jurisdiction, the control. When I say the word I, that means every man and woman that's out there, that they have the jurisdiction control over every man and woman in this world. And they can decide who is worthy or not, who is in their good standing to get access to these public courthouses. Of course, when you do get access to the public courthouse, you're only allowed to use a member of their society in order to move whatever it is you are attempting to move through their system. And that system is completely rigged fenced from top to bottom. It's going to do nothing but steal enormous wealth from you while lining their pockets. And at the end of the day, there's no justice that is ever served. Just look around you in our world today, right? Everything that's going on. So what I'm going to do here now is I'm going to walk you through the communications very briefly, what has just gone, what originally happened which my response has been, and then where we're at now with this moving forward. And it is very exciting. So if you wanted to grab a drink or something like I am, please do. And we're going to get into this. Okay. Um, I guess I'll say it. Yeah, I'll say it along the way because there's some stuff that I did want to, to tie into. Before I forget, in case I do forget, I don't want to forget this. Robert Spruill, the wonderful man who's been leading the charge for the common law in Scotland. Uh, can everybody please say a prayer for his father? Uh, his father's just been diagnosed with stomach cancer. And yes, I've just given uh, Robert the, the good news. Hopefully he'll get it in time with the hydrogen peroxide that he can start to use for his father to really turn that around. And I think that will be an incredible thing. I want everyone to know I've been on the hydrogen peroxide 35% food grade protocol from Ed McCabe. Uh, I do uh, about 15 drops in the morning and I do 15 drops in the evening uh, and a lovely glass of juice or whatever. And all I can tell you is that every single day I seem to be feeling stronger and stronger. Okay. And it's a wonderful remedy as well for anything that, that may be ailing in, in, in your health. When you understand the power of oxygen, we jump around a lot on this, on these broadcasts, but damn it, you're all worth it. So let's get into this. I'm going to just do a quick screen share. You know, the basic understanding here that's gone on to date. And actually what I'm going to do, so I'm not looking sideways, you don't see my side profile. I have to change this again. So you can, we can look at it straight on here. Here we go. Okay, folks. So what we have here is, uh, this is a communication that eventually came to me. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Gavin. He wrote to me uh, three times uh, or two times via email trying to contract with me. This man's a member of the bar. And uh, he was basically trying to basically tell me, you know, that uh, they're not going to stand for what I'm doing. And that uh, until I get in good standing with the bar, they're going to see to it that I don't access our public courthouses anymore, not even to move my own prosecutions. Right. Never let alone helping other people, because I, unlike them, I don't represent people and I don't represent everybody. I stand there to help ensure that the jurisdiction of the court on behalf of the man and the woman is correct. 
And they don't like that because that exposes all the corruption that they're all involved in. So this is a communication that came to me on March, what well, was written March the 4th, and it got filed. I received it via process server on Monday, May the 10th. And when you receive something via process server, you have 21 days to respond. Okay, so I took it to the maximum. Today's 21 days. So this is what came out. In the Supreme Court of British Columbia, the Law Society of British Columbia, the petitioner, this is all legal filing. Those of you that are new to this show, well, you better play catch up quick. But immediately, I guarantee you that Nathan back there is looking at these all capital names. He's going, "Uh oh, that isn't the man, Christopher. That's right. So Christopher James, and that's my last name behind that, a.k.a. Christopher James. The reason I don't give my last name out there, just so everybody knows, I'm not a scared. I'm not scared of, of giving it out to people. I have a mother and a family that I need to protect as best as I can. And unfortunately, by giving that name out, sure, people can find it if they really put their boots to it. But I got to do whatever I can, where I can at this stage until I'm coming full hole out, walking into these courtrooms and keeping my family name private. So it doesn't change the fact that my last name is irrelevant, just as my first and middle name. Why? Because in law, it's a man or a woman. That's what it simply boils down to. Did they trespass against you? And that means if they broke contract, damaged property or whatever. So what you see here right off the top is, is that this document has nothing to do with me. It has to do with this fiction that Nathan and I were talking about earlier that's created at birth, the corporation, Christopher James. So it says petition to the court, the respondent, and then to notice to Christopher James. Now they go to upper and lower case. So what you have here, to give you an example to make it simple for people to understand, when you see something in all capital letters, that's dog Latin. Okay, that only that only applies to that which is incorporated. But when you see something that is upper and lower case, well, that's revolves around a man or a woman. That's the correct jurisdiction. Well, how can these two jurisdictions make it look like, for example, the all caps name represents a hockey team and the upper and lower case represents a soccer team? How can a soccer and, and hockey team entering a court and you got a referee, which is the man wearing the black robe, how can they have a game? How can they have at it at that court? Because the rules are different for both the soccer team and the hockey team. Everybody understands that. And yet, this is what's going on in our courts. You're not to be recognized as a man or woman. And that's why these documentations, it's known as glossa, glossa, is that, as you're going to read in my filing of the LTA, is that when you see this on a piece of paper, it's corrupted. It's venomous. And this is in Black's Law Dictionary, right, as well. So it goes on to say here, this proceeding is brought to the release set out in part one below. And again, it's the Law Society of British Columbia. Is that a man or a woman? Funny name to name a kid, Law Society of British Columbia. Nope, that's a fiction. And even though you see my name, Christopher James, that's where they suck you in. They think, oh, now, now, now they think that man thinks that he's involved in this. Nope, that's a fiction that was created unbeknownst to me when I was born. That has nothing to do with me. That's how simply you need to understand all this is. You attack the writing that's on the paper when you understand the use of words that they're using and how it's being used. So it goes on here to say this proceeding is brought for the release set out in part one below, the Lost Site of British Columbia. If you intend to respond to this petition, again, you've got uh, Form 67. I ain't using no Form 67. Uh, serve on the petitioners, which has happened today via registered mail. Two copies of the file responses to petition and two copies of the file to each affidavit, which you intend to rely at the hearing. So what I've done here today, we'll get into my document shortly. This is what they were looking for. Basically, uh, this gentleman here, Gavin, it says right here, Hustra in the number two line. Uh, he's the gentleman that has written to me. And they're basically, you know, they're, you know, they're basically telling me this is the orders that they want. Until he, I guess that's me they're referring to, becomes a member in good standing of the Law Society, Christopher James, a.k.a. Christopher James, be permanently prohibited. woo And enjoined from engaging in the practice of law. I don't practice law, Gavin. I am the law. And you better realize that's the difference between me and you. 
Okay, one of us is committing fraud every day, and the other one, well, he's standing in law. All right. Uh, again, practical defendant section. I don't care what their sections are. I'm not a part of their society. Appearing as counsel or advocate. Drawing, revising, or setting a petition, memorandum, notice of articles or articles under the Business Corporations Act. Huh? I got nothing to do with no Corporations Act. Oh, was that written by another service corporation? You're damn straight it was, Skippy. Canada. I'm not an agent or officer of that corporation, and no one from there is going to come forward. I claim property, and I don't have a contract with the service corporation Canada. That means that nothing that they put pen to paper applies to me. And yet, that is being dragged out into the light here as if it applies to me to intimidate me. It doesn't. Uh, a document for use in proceeding judicial, extrajudicial, uh, a will, deed of settlement, trust, deed, power of attorney, or a document relating to probate, grant of admission of a state deceased. Basically, they're telling me I can't do anything, all right, in the courthouse. I'm just waiting for them to come to me to my house saying, you can't come out of your house, Chris. you got to stay there until you learn to be a lawyer before you can come out. Good luck with that, Jack. Anyways, uh, again, again, it says, until he becomes a good member in standing of the Law Society, Christopher James be permanently prohibited. Join himself as being a counselor at law, lawyer, counsel, or any other title that connotes that he is entitled or qualified to engage in the practice of law. Here's a newsflash for you, Law Society, all you bar members. It's my right. It's my duty to know the law, not legal. I don't want to act like some sissy filing complaints into some piss-ass court that you people run that's based all on corruption and, and ignorance. No, this man is fully awake to understanding who he is, to understanding the fraud that's occurring against his fellow man on our public courthouses, and I'm having none of it. And if you think your little kangaroo court here has any jurisdiction over me, it doesn't. I've just humored you, and I'm glad that you took the bait when I hung it out there on that big, fat, juicy hook to come and get Christopher. Because now that you're coming after me, you're only exposing yourselves further to the entire country and the world, and especially to a man like Nathan and all these other incredible officers that are the law enforcement. Because I guarantee you, all of you are going to be seeing all of them very soon, very soon. Uh, and it's just the same crap that goes on here. And then I go through all this stuff, part B, all, all this stuff. You can read this. This is all uploaded on my website, just so you know, and the templates I'm going to show you here this evening. They are also been put up on the website tonight as well. Okay, so you can see what they basically sent me. Now, this was nine pages of, you know, giving legal advice. Well, I don't give legal advice. It's all the stuff within their system, right? And then this is what they're drawing on. Law Society versus Boyer. Law Society versus Goodwin. Law Society versus Parsons. Who the hell are all these people? It's got nothing to do with me. These people were stupid enough to walk into these legal proceedings and allow them to have jurisdiction over them. Well, that's their own ignorance. But none of these things apply to me that they're trying to use. Just like when you hear the Meads versus Meads people, that's the bar's way of their massive corrupt theater in order to control and, and keep the consciousness of not only the people, but also lawyers within their own society that this is true and what they've done. Look it up. Meads versus Meads. A good laugh. So here's the basic document, right? It goes on for six to eight pages, right? This is the bottom line of what it was. I'll show you this here first. Let's do the shop sharing. This is what they ultimately sent me, okay? <laughs> yeah, as if, okay? And it's taken down with two questions. Who claims I'm property that's wrote this to me? Am I your property, Gavin? Nope. I got a contract with you, Gavin, in the private capacity as you as a man or a woman. I don't know how you act on weekends or in your private time. Or... Are you uh, got a contract with me in the service corporation you work for that you're employed? Nope. So where does this man, Gavin, when he puts pen to paper, where does any of that apply to I or any other man or woman? It doesn't. It's that simple. Okay. And this is what the bar is going to get rammed right in their face big time. So this is what ultimately has happened since then. 
Uh, so we'll get rid of this one here. So it goes right down to the end. That was the whole thing. It just kind of ends here. There's a signature of lawyer for petitioner. Gavin Hustra. See, everything is in a in a in a fictional world. What's a petitioner, right? So you understand now from all my case filings, you're dealing with a man or woman. Period. Right. That's who you're always dealing with. Your name is actually irrelevant. Okay, it's always that man or woman. You're going to point across that room, and they're not going to say that Christopher over there trespassed against me. No, they're going to say that man trespassed against me, and this is the wrong and harm that he has caused to me. Da 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 da. -da, -da. Not this crap with all this legal innuendo and fiction and process and these people that wear the black robes that are judges. They're anything but judges, trust me, as they're soon going to find out. So we went from that to that what has happened now is this the process that I do after the 21 days. I am now responding to them. Okay, and you're going to see within these communications, I'm going to read them through exactly what has been stated, what has been said, and what they have the the lawful requirement to rebut. And if they don't rebut it, then my claims stand be true, which they're going to. Now, they're going to probably try and do the same shenanigan they did with Mac Pahar. They're going to try and ignore all this stuff. But the more that they do it, the more that people are going to simply and powerfully see the truth at which I've laid bare is that it is our truth collectively. It affects every man and woman, and especially those in law enforcement need to start standing with us and fighting back. So it starts off like this. Always your name in the upper right-hand corner, to the Registrar of the British Columbia Superior Courts, Dated today, May 31st, 2021. Regards file documents into the court file number. There it is there, 214411 at the Vancouver Registry. Good day to the man or woman acting as registrar. Remember, you never just call him registrar. You always want to drill down. Just so we're clear, I'm talking to a man or woman here. Please file the documents within this package into the above court file, et cetera, Vancouver Registry. I require confirmation once received. This has been done. Please email me, email once executed. And I thank you for your attention to filing said documents into this court file. At this time, kind regards, I, Christopher. Now, this is the letter that went accompanied today. It's gone into packages. There's, uh, It's gone to the uh, Chief Justice. Well, tomorrow goes up to the Chief Justice of Canada, the Chief Justice of the Superior Courts in Vancouver, the Chief Justice of the Provincial Courts in Vancouver. And then I've gone after the top people at the Law Society of British Columbia. And it's interesting. There's there's, there's two, two top you know, how should we say uh, power structures within this organization? The first is called the benchers. Those of you that don't know, it's interesting. The word bench means bank in Latin. So it could be called the bankers. So there's an elected group of bankers or benchers, as they like to be called. They're all lawyers and they sit on the board for this law society in British Columbia. Okay, there's a hierarchy there. I believe there's 25 of them that get elected. And then below that, there is an executive and there's a handful of people there as well that are uh, executive uh uh, uh, chief uh, of the law society. There's a deputy chief. There's, you know, a, uh, a legal, a top legal guy, which is kind of an oxymoron. There's two legals in a legal world. And then, you know, the usual ex- executive people that would have their secretary, a finance officer, things like that. So all of these people have been incorporated down this communication. I want you to know this, that they're all seeing this letter <coughs> in the, this coming week that uh, just got registered mail today that Gavin has been sent so that everybody is being put on notice all at the same time. And again, like I said, this is going to go right across Canada because I've included in this that every and any man or woman that's a member of the bar, they've got to step up to the, the plate here and they've got to answer yes to one of my two questions. And when they don't answer yes to one of my two questions, then they better all do a full stop. And they better start correcting this enormous wrong and harm that's going on in the courthouses. Or, well, people like Nathan and myself and current law enforcement agents that know this truth, we are going to come together and we are going to clean up these courts. Okay, because that's where all this corruption ultimately foundationally resonates from is because we don't know who we are. 
So let's get into this simple letter to uh, to Gavin. So there's Gavin, a man who sometimes acts as lawyer. There's his address, phone number, May 31st. What's it regard? Trespass. Remember, as I said to Nathan, that's all everything ever is, people. It's a trespass. And then you define after what the trespass is, as I've done here. File number 214411, Vancouver Registry. That's the filing that Gavin has put into the court, the public courthouse. May 10th, 2021, I received via process server several pages File 24411 from Gavin. Just so you know, what is a process server? These are people that professionally that in the legal world out there that whenever cases are occurring, the lawyer, whatever is prosecuting or the lawyer from the, the either side, if they need to get the other side serve papers and they want to be uh, a confirmation to be able to prove that unequivocally in court, they hire people that professionally do this. They go to the address, the home address, they find this man or woman and they serve them right there before them, okay? And then it's recorded, and then that's on the public record. They can't play any games like saying, well, we mailed it to this address. Oh, I didn't receive it. We faxed it. Oh, I didn't receive it. We uh, emailed it. Oh, I didn't receive it. No, they can't get around. It was physically delivered to you. So on May the 10th, I met a wonderful woman that came to the door who handed me that wonderful gift, okay, from Gavin. It says, then I said, I confirm receipt and inform said documents accepted conditional. Very important you put this. Upon Gavin produced proof of contract, obligation, or verified claim, I, man, Christopher, of my family, trespass, cause wrong or harm. I do not know a man named Gavin Hoekstra, nor is a verified claim of trespass within said documents, okay? So I looked all through these documents that they sent. None of that exists. That's why I accepted it conditionally. Now I'm telling him, basically in that one line, that if those elements are not, are not present within that uh, accepting that document, then you can have it back, buddy. It's as good as a paperweight. It's garbage. Okay, so it goes on to say, I require produce post haste, written verifiable proof a verified claim exists or I property of Gavin or any man or woman of the bar. Boom. Any contract exists with Gavin or the Law Society of British Columbia. It's that simple. It's two questions. It doesn't matter who's coming at you. It's always those two questions. Sure, you'll change up the Law Society of British Columbia. It might be uh, the Ontario government. It might be the Canadian government. It might be, uh, you know, the municipality of whatever city you live in, whatever. That fiction that's being created, it's the same two questions that any man or woman has to get past first in order for them to proceed to move a court and claim against you. So it goes, failure to meet said basic in law. This communication is baseless, frivolous, and vexatious trespass. They like to use those words against us, so I throw it back. This is a watershed moment, Gavin. I wish you no ill will or harm, but know your ignorance of basics in law. Common law, not legal, which does not apply to a man or a woman, is simply repugnant. Supreme Court of British Columbia is a public courthouse, not private for bar members. It is the right of all people to access, seek the administration of justice outside of a private society, unless Gavin or any other bar member or agents acting as justices, magistrates, etc., produce evidence on the two questions. The supreme law of this land is established for all agents acting for government service corporations across this country, as stated in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, a guide to prevent any trespass. Again, I said I never rely on that, use it, but I'm pointing it out in this case because that's what they're bound for when they are acting in their role as an agent or officer for the service corporation. And I quote, Canada is founded upon the principles that recognize the supremacy of God and the rule of law. And that's the law that comes from God, the unwritten law, that we do no wrong or harm to our fellow man and woman, and that we are not to trespass. That's why it says in the Bible, and forgive those that trespass against us, right? Nowhere in that Bible does it say the word legal, but it does address over 20 times the word person, especially Job 21, pardon me, Job 32, 21, where it explicitly tells you, let no man place persons upon you, or should you accept 
titles. Okay, this is a sin in the eyes of God. So it says the Service Corporation Canada Canada is just that. That does not give people rights. We are born with said rights and are unalienable unless Gavin or any bar member answers yes to the two questions. I am an honorable man who loves my fellow man in this great land upon which we live together. There's a horrific trespass verified when we were all born that occurs with documentation created. All is evidenced at my website, www.warriorcalls.com and verified with created birth certificate and verified with created birth certificate. This has occurred against every man and woman when born, including Gavin. See, I always hold that mirror up to the man or woman that's that's contacting me, that's trespassing against me, because I want to show them. I have to do all within my power and my heart to show them that what I'm speaking is the truth, and this has also happened to you. And that's when the rubber hits the road. That's when the line is in the sand, that if they don't stop and recognize the truth that's laid before them, then that's when they are all liable. And then it comes to the degree at which they continue to move forward, how that liability is going to move forward also against them. That is decided by jury peers. Due to this ignorance of trespass against people worldwide, which includes bar members, it has created massive constructive fraud occurring against the people by bar members who I do not believe wish to do any wrong or harm to their fellow man. They went into this legal profession to do good. And yes, they did. Majority of people, it's no different than Nathan. You know, geez, I, I wanted to be a police officer. There's some said, I'd love to be in a court, you know, fighting, standing up, helping people, learning this stuff. Well, it's the same thing with Nathan, that when he went in to become a police officer, or when you went to be a lawyer, you're not given the truth. And you've been completely conditioned to believing enormous lies and deception that have shaped your consciousness, that have corrupted our entire world today. And that's why this truth is so important now as it comes forward. Okay. The very simple power of truth lies in two questions above. If no is answered, then Gavin nor any man or woman who act through this private society called the bar have any jurisdiction control over we the people. Further, my living testimony in the form of an affidavit, LTA, witnessed is now on public record. We the people cannot use a notary public due to they require government ID, which is fraud, if I produce. So let me just tell you this quick one. I'll drop the screen for this because I'll come back. It's important you see my whole face for this one. On Friday last week, when I had created these, uh, as you're going to see my document, the living uh, testimony in the form of an affidavit, I decided I'm going to do the little gauntlet run and I'm going to go see a notary public. So there are some things I just wanted to brush up on with everybody that people may not be too clear on. A man or a woman never uses a notary public because a notary public deals in admiralty maritime law. You're supposed to use a public notary whose jurisdiction is on the land. However, we don't have public notaries in Canada, not that I know of anymore. They may say that they are, but they're all in this notary public realm that is controlled by who? The bar, the law society. So I took my documentation over. This is me, a man appearing. I never give them my identification, my government ID. Why? Because when you go to see a notary, the first thing they say, they tell you, bring a piece of government issued ID so that we can confirm who you are. Well, that's a load of bullshit. What they're doing is they're getting you to commit fraud right in front of them. You give them that ID. You don't represent that ID. All of you should know that by now from, if you don't go back and watch the three foundational knowledge videos Nathan was talking about. But even if you watch those, you'll know now you don't give that ID to them because that does not represent you as a man or a woman. That represents the corporation, that which the service corporation that these maggots are all working for represents. So you're actually committing fraud if you give them that government ID and you say, this is me, right? So when you don't present this documentation, and I even had my ID that was all notarized that we said, this woman wouldn't accept. She says, oh, it's, it's just feeling the, 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 steel, the, the sticker and the seal on it because it's all laminated now, right? She says, well, this isn't the original copy. 
I says, well, you can call the guy that, that did it. He's, he's two blocks over from you here. But of course, they weren't in their law firm where I did this with six or so years ago. They have all been off for two months. As I called the receptionist, says, we've got no lawyers in here, Chris, because of the COVID crap, right? So she says, even if you wanted to come here, there's no one that could notarize it for you. So I went to see this walk-in notary with these five stars or whatever, right? Come on in. I go in there, complete shit show with the mask, right? So I sit down in front of the woman. I said, this is my identification here. And she's going through. She says, oh, I don't think we can accept that. Now, the other thing that I was able to use at the bank, the bank pulled this crap on me as well a few months ago. Uh, now, this is when I was just simply setting up a United States account. I have to do that for something else, uh, which is since done with. But the bank would not accept my state my my statement of birth okay my statement of live birth notarized all all that especially when they were the ones that created it shows you the oxymoron here nope she says we'll only accept these types of documents of course the driver's license the health card the birth certificate but there was one on there that we talked about earlier that i have and that's a pal that's a purchase acquisition license okay that enables me to buy restricted and non-restriction firearms okay for me to use for my pleasure and uh, so I had that card with me at the bank. She was going through the list. She goes, oh, it does it because it's government generated ID, right? So I gave him that because on that card, my name was an upper and lower case. So uh, it worked there, but it would not work with this uh, notary. So at the end of the day, she wasn't going to notarize my documentation. I was not a happy camper because it was a horrific, miserable day on the Friday. Pissing rain out, freezing cold. You think it was back in November again. So I left there and I was like, all right, Chris, I, I was trying to do this for all of you to see and show it done right because... Well, not necessarily done right, but done to the letter of how our documentation was be prepared, as Bodine and Simone did what we showed everybody last week. They went, God bless Bodine and Simone, Bodine finding it, went to a notary there, and they had all the, the documentation taken care of. And they stamped it and did everything, no problem. Now, I don't know what um, Bodine showed for ID, if she did a driver's license or some other form of identification, but that just goes to show you that this is when they, you know, they, they, they drill down on when you do that. And then that's when they don't let go of it saying, well, you know, you've appeared in this capacity, you've given this identification. And now you're saying that you're, you're separate from this identification. See the oxymoron that's involved in all of this. So what I did is I created, um, Oh, I, I want to tell you about the, the notary. I'll go back and finish this letter here. So that's what we were talking about here with the notary when I went to go see them, if I produced it. Uh, this is a conversation we all need to have right now. Again, this is back to Gavin. Come together for this one truth. Trespass will correct massive wrong and harm that many great people who act as lawyers also see as truth. And lawyers are start, starting to see this truth. Lastly, we have all been lied to outright from the first breath that we have taken. It is our duty that when we when this truth is laid bare, that we all recognize what has occurred and work together to stop such enslavement. I'm not arguing with Gavin. I'm not trying to cause conflict. I'm not looking to fight with him. I'm reaching out with him out of love. I'm saying, listen, Gavin, you've been lied to as well. And we can't allow this to go on anymore. Is there one of you in law enforcement, or pardon me, in the bar society that's willing to stand up now and start to come to the light and say, we can't allow this to happen anymore. We have to stop doing this, right? There will be an enormous amount of forgiveness for those people. But for those of you that don't do it, I wouldn't want to be put in front of a jury of my peers. Let me just put it this way. So it says um, to work together and, and stop such enslavement. Now I bring in the Bihar Court. The Bihar Court number 233120 established is a horrific trespass on the case under the color of law by multiple people. And why this is now on the desks of top public servants, chief justices, to also produce the required evidence if yes answered to either question. That's the two questions above because they're all getting copies of this. Or restore the Bihar Court honorably as is their duty. Failure to produce evidence, then the liability treason against we the people will be corrected at our public courthouses with law enforcement, who are also now waking to this massive corruption, as I stand true 
having Nathan on earlier. Okay. Get a few thousand people like Nathan and it's game on the big picture in all of this. And which I also put out and for the public record is that once again, all of us have been lied to surrounding the so-called COVID pandemic. And the truth is being blocked by agents of the bar while our country and world is being destroyed. This is why we must come together now and do all we can to vet this LTA fully as I welcome the evidence produced. If I wrong for in that moment, I will stop all my actions and I will correct the record. That's my commitment. I'm a man of integrity that if I'm shown that what I've done is wrong here, then I am going to do a complete back face and I'm going to correct it. And I'm going to let the world know that what I've said is wrong, but I'm not wrong. Okay. This is our truth. To every man and woman reading us across the country who are members of the bar, produce evidence counter to the LTA written honorably. See, I've tied the whole bar now right across this country to it, anywhere in the world. Written honorably so that we may have a proper vetting and not some internal garbage created by the bar, such as Meads versus Meads, which I've already addressed in prior. Go look it up. It's a garbage document that the society we don't belong to created to further implement this theater, that all this stuff that people are talking about, this unlawful conversion, ah, it's all nonsense. It's all conspiracy theory. It's all sovereign citizen crap, right? Sovereign citizens an oxymoron. Learn that when people look it up if you don't understand. Meads means a sad attempt to continue this fraud in theater. In this moment, Gavin, I truly wish for us to come together and be a light to this world. But this will not happen unless those two questions are recognized as supreme law of this land. And that's how simple it comes down to. Contract makes the law between man and woman, and it does not simply exist between I or Gavin privately or with the service corporation Gavin is acting through. So that leaves only I property. See, if he doesn't have a contract in either of those capacities privately or with the service corporation he's representing now, then that must mean Gavin believes I'm his property. And that's why he's writing to me, making these demands, making these orders on behalf of other people that he's associated with in the society who must also think that I'm their property. They have to get past those two questions. When they can't, they're done. And when you realize these people that created this, they're all on the public doll. They're being paid by we the public. He's committed fraud. They've committed mail fraud because they've been mailing documents Right to these all kappa names that were created, and that is not I as a person, pardon me, I as a man, right? And that's why I accepted it conditionally upon proof of contract, right? That's why it's very powerful. It says here, my LT stands as truth unless rebutted point by point as is required for this action to be valid. Uh, uh, sorry, above it, it said, no man or woman in this world is going to enter a court under affirmation and claim such fact, right, that, that I'm property. And then it says, lastly here, within seven days, produce your written verifiable evidence with what signature to rebut every point of an LTA. See, in a legal world, as you don't know this, that an affidavit a man or woman never uses. An affidavit is always used again by agents and officers of a service corporation. The reason this is called and the why it's called a living testimony, because I'm here flesh and blood. I'm a man. Okay, and I'm giving a testimony in the form of an affidavit. I'm not going to use an affidavit. That's a legal document. That's a legal. It's for the world of the dead. That's got nothing to do with me. It's for someone who's acting. I ain't acting, Jack. I'm standing right here in front of you as God created me as the man himself. Okay, and I'm looking for a verified claim in this court or someone's claiming that I've trespassed against them causing wrong or harm. Where is it? Okay, or breach of contract. So that's why it says my LTA stands as truth, which we're going to look at here right now, unless rebutted point by point, as is required for this action to be valid. Within seven days, produce your written verifiable evidence with what signature to rebut every point of the LTA. I further extend a much required Zoom call. Wouldn't this be something? With acting benchers, bankers, and executive, and let's have at it publicly for all to see. Just who is standing in truth and who is committing fraud? 
And I think we all know the truth and the answer to that. Kind regards, Christopher. And then the bottom, this is who it's been CC to. Richard Wagner is the man who acts as Chief Justice. He's a public servant of Canada. Christopher E. Hickinson, the man who acts as Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of British Columbia. Melissa Gillespie, a woman who acts as Chief Justice Judge for the Provincial Court of British Columbia. David Eby, Eby a man who acts as Attorney General for a service corporation called British Columbia. And the Law Society of British Columbia Board, known as Benchers and Executives. So that's the letter that went out to Gavin today which is, uh, I'm sure they're going to enjoy it when they get it. And I want everyone to see, this is how you write to these people, okay? You don't write from a place of anger. You don't write from a place of intimidation. You don't write from a place of making threats. I've honorably be reached out to my fellow man and woman, because there's men and women that I've written to now here, and I'm holding that hand out, that olive branch to say, listen, we have to have a serious talk here. Because those two questions you are going to answer because now your whole bar is being dragged out into the light and you're all going to have to answer yes. Someone's got to come forward and point to me in a courtroom and claim that I'm your property, you produce a contract. And when you don't do that, then you have no business coming into my life, my realm, as Nathan already understands, and trying to dictate to me how I live my life, how I stand up and protect my fellow man and woman because that's my duty. That's why I'm here. And I make no bones about it. I'm here to bring forward one of the most powerful lights in this world to save this world. And I am going to get this done. And it's growing more and more day by day. So just remember this as we move forward. So I gave it to them that everybody that just read that letter and all of this is going to be uploaded to my website. If it's not there tonight, Sean, God bless him. He's doing that for me. It'll be under a new case file tab under the cases, uh, the British losses, British Columbia, the lost Society of British Columbia, right? Versus Chris Pritchard, Christopher, my name there. Again, the last name I'm eventually going to come out telling everybody, but right now at this stage, because things are so uh, pointed and things are so, they are very serious is that I have to do everything I can within my power. Just understand that. Okay. But uh, it is out there. People can find it if they need it. So what happens obviously is with this letter that's gone to Gavin, this is going across everybody's desks and I've put it out there that it must be disseminated across. I put it out there. The notice to every man and woman that's a member of the bar. Come forward. One of you, one of you come forward and claim on property or produce these written contracts you've got with me that allows you to come into my world and block me from accessing a public courthouse, moving a claim in court either for myself or assisting my fellow man and woman to ensuring they remain honorable in their court proceedings in order to seek the administration of justice. And they don't like that because the second that that starts to happen and everybody realizes that you never use a lawyer for anything in law, they're finished. Never mind the massive liability they're looking at from every client that they've held in the past. How many clients have lawyers destroyed financially? At the end of the day, they've never got any justice. Look at Brad Blair. I'll use him as a cl classic example. The past OPP commissioner of the OPP police in, in Ontario here. This man, for those of you who go back and watch the other shows, he took Doug Ford, the man acting as premier of the Service Corporation Ontario, right, for basically horrific actions that he was doing. And there was some massive fraud and corruption that, that the officers underneath Brad Blair within the OPP uncovered. All of that went to court. And what happened there? Well, it got tossed out because they're in Ontario courts, which is the hood of basically the service corporation Ontario, and it's going to protect all its parasites, right? So basically they threw the book at uh, Brad Blair and they told him, well, nope, your claim is going nowhere. It was a $10 million claim. And you're going to have to fork out initially $160,000 of Doug Ford's $600,000 legal, legal fee. That wasn't enough for Doug Ford's lawyer. So Doug, Lugs, Doug, Lug, Doug Ford's lawyers, my God. 
I hate the lawyer name. That's why Doug Ford's lawyers went back to the appeal process to see if they could not acquire all 600,000. And of course, Brad Blair's lawyer also appealed to basically wipe out the $160,000. And I hope he's also appealing the ruling too. But again, in this world that you're seeing that's out there now in the legal world, there is no justice. And that's why anybody that may know Brad Blair, if Brad Blair, you're hearing this yourself, you need to contact me, my friend, because your lawyer is no better than freaking uh, Thomas Karecki and Stephen Thomas, or Stephen uh, uh, Tanner, because your lawyer has received, I know for a fact, at least 20 emails or 30 emails, and especially from police officers from Australia that have also written to him to bring Brad and I together. Because this truth that, that Nathan's come across here tonight, this is what Brad Blair needs to see. How quickly is this world going to turn around if Brad found this out? He will reach right back into his organization deep because he has still a lot of people that believe in him when he was acting as the commissioner of police and they will stand with him. And that's the moment that we need right now. You give me a hundred police officers, Brad, and we're going to go to that public courthouse and we're going to route this corruption out like that. And we will be the light for this world. And then everybody else can start to follow suit and we can start arresting these people that are causing all this enormous wrong and harm. So that letter that went to the Gavin that everyone sees, that's a general letter that the public can out there can read and simply understand that this man's talking about. Yeah. We're not property of these people. That's a public courthouse. And they can't come and apply their private society's rules and regulations, codes, rules of civil procedure against us. That's a trespass. And we can't allow that to happen. We allow this to happen now because it's dragged out into the light. Then now everybody sees what we already know is going on. But now you're seeing it official. All right. That these people are not going to let we, the people that we pay their services, the majority of them, we pay for these public courthouses to access them, to move our claims in court against a man or woman who's trespassed against us. So the second part of this that came out, or the third part, part of me, is my LTA. <coughs> and here it is, folks. This is up on the website. I've done this for all of Canada. You can simply, uh, now I got to state this right off the, the top here, okay? There's people that have already received this, and I'm going to say this to all of you and everybody else that gets this from this point on. Don't think for one second that you're just going to change a few little things on this piece of paper, and you're going to file this, and everything's going to be all hunky-dory. Okay, this was written for you to educate yourself to understand emphatically exactly the trespass that's gone on to you and how to communicate that to these people in the legal world lawfully. Okay, there is some terminology here. If there's a word in this document that you didn't understand, you get off your arse then and you go and research it and you learn it so that you understand every single word that is in this document, as do I. Right. But you can take this entire document. This is the long version of it now. Okay. And all of this is stripped down to what? That I keep telling everybody the two questions. Those two questions, if no one in this world can answer yes to you in front of you, then nothing that they put pen to paper, they have no jurisdiction over you, no matter what role, acting as king, queen, pope, chief of police, premier, my, finance minister, store owner, right? It doesn't matter. They do not have any jurisdiction or control over you. It's this simple. But this really hammers at home. So let's get into it here. Part A, Living Soul Author, LSA, a man, Christopher James. Okay, and then there's my last name at the end, the 28th day of May, May 2021. This is when this was all created and finalized. These are the people that this has all been mailed to. Gavin Hoekstra, we know about. Dean Lawton, he's the man who sometimes acts as a bar member. He's a bencher. He's the chairman of the board of directors for them. Lisa Hamilton, she also sits on the board, acts as a member of bencher. Christopher McPherson, again, now you say, well, why are you putting their names in all capital letters as well? Because I'm talking to them on both sides of the aisle right? I'm talking to him as the man or the woman, and I'm talking to you as your little legal fiction as well. I don't give a rat's ass how you're going to try and interpret this. I've got you covered on both ends. Okay. That's why you do this. Uh, Christopher, 
Okay, thanks, Paul. Can they hear you, Paul, when you talk to me? Oh, okay. Sorry, guys. There, Paul just beat it in there, saying my website's been taken down and and uh, can't get into it. But Paul says it's back up now. So I expect full and wholeheartedly that we're going to be under a lot of attacks because this truth that I'm giving you here, this is it, people. If every man and woman accom- accommodates and, and acquires this document, you understand, you read it, and then you start applying it, and you stand on it. This bar is finished. And this corruption is going to end. And then we are going to restore finally the rule of law to this country and our world. And then we can start redoing what has been so horrifically done to all of us, consciously, physically, and emotionally. So let's get into it. Party Vancouver Registry, Supreme Court of British Columbia. There's the file number. Oh, and also to their heirs and then their successors. So it's all these people here. And also David Eby. Remember I told you that when you go to the uh, Law Society of British Columbia, when you go to their website, look at look under the About tab. And it's going to tell you right there, benchers and executive. So I found that interesting when I saw that word. They call themselves benchers. And as we talked earlier, benchers means bank. So, but also who's part of this as the deputy of all of this, as one of the benchers is David Eby, the man who's acting as an attorney general for the Service Corporation of British Columbia. The same man that Mac Pahar was going after. Mm-hmm. Everybody understand? And their heirs and successors. So Vancouver Registry Supreme Court, there's the number. Part C, details of the living testimony in the form of an affidavit. It's just referring to LT after this. I, man, the non-assumptus living soul author, living man known only as I, man, Christopher James of the family, possessing the involved and unalienable rights bestowed upon all mankind by our God, the divine creator in heaven, which are presented here before respondent collectively in the capacity of a competent man with sound body, mind, spirit over the age of consent on this 28th day of May in the year 2021. Do hereby swear under oath, under penalty of perjury, and under the common law of the land known as Canada, that I, the living man with unalienable rights, will testify in open court that the facts stated herein are the whole truth to the best of my firsthand knowledge. And they are. They will be unrebutted. Remember, they have to rebut every single point here in this living testimony. The living soul author is a private living sentient man, LSA. So when you see the word LTA, you know that stands for the living testimony in the form of an affidavit. When you see LSA, that stands for living soul author. <coughs> As Mookie so eloquently talked about last Thursday, if you didn't get a chance, oh, no, you haven't seen that show because I haven't uploaded it. It was incredible. I'll get those up in the 48 hours, next 48, I promise you now. But it was an incredible Mookie walk through all of this stuff, which is fantastic. It goes on to say, uh, I am Ann Christopher, uh, the LSA do hereby forevermore convey my political status back to the land, soil, jurisdiction. What does that mean? When we're born, we are taken and, and, and taken out into the sea jurisdiction, right? When that registering of that corporation, that registering, that's what say a registration date on the birth certificate. It's that registration date that the legal person, that the corporation, that the company, whatever they're using in the back end was created unbeknownst to us. Okay. That's what this means. I do hereby forevermore reconvey my political status back to the land. That means I'm grabbing everything. I'm the holder in due course, and I'm bringing it back onto the land, and you guys aren't doing this against me anymore on the water, right? That's why it says in the Bible, Jesus walked across the water. See the metaphor that's there? He walked right all over the bar, okay, because they have no jurisdiction over him. Um, it goes on landmass continent, known as Canada, unincorporated, as a commonwealth of Canada national living on the province of Ontario, Canada. Not in. You live on the land right you don't live in the land right you don't live in a rock you're not going into a courtroom you're at a courthouse see the the, the the importance of understanding the words and how you use them you learn to develop a very quick keen skill to recognize and see them and be able to see the way forward to communicate properly now what we see here at the bottom what has to happen at the bottom of every page in Bodine's what you looked at there a couple of weeks ago she went to a notary and she signed it like I did here Christopher James put her thumb but then had the notary's name and seal and 
that was all put in there. You don't see this here anymore, and I'm coming out and telling everybody this. Nobody, everybody that hears this, as far as my voice will travel, don't ever go to a notary public. Don't ever go to a public notary. You don't need these people. You never have needed them, and we're not going to use them ever again. If you have three people of your fellow man and woman that will stand before you and they will bear witness that, yes, they witnessed me signing this and thumbing this and that this documentation, this living testimony in the form of an affidavit, I did create, and I stand under full penalty of perjury. They have bared witness to this, and that is their three thumbprints that are there, and they will appear in court any time should they be asked to claim that this document be true. And that's ultimately what it says. So this is the change of format. When you go to look at Bodine and Simone's, they've used a notary. They see what I've done now, and they will no longer use a notary either as well. We're only using our fellow man and woman because we are the creators in this world. We are the highest form of jurisdiction. This LSA has no legitimate contractual obligations with any agent representing the Foreign Law Society of British Columbia. Therefore, there's no obligation or witting intent of LSA's behalf to accept any offer to engage in contract commerce with this private law society whatsoever. Any objections to stated facts within this LTA require a swift point-by-point rebuttal inclusive by the woman responding affidavit of truth lawfully begotten as well as supplying a notarized or certified copy of the mutually binding valid wet ink contract with seven calendar days of receiving this LTA. Just like my two questions, right? This is the long form version of it though, but it's beautiful because people can learn this and I believe it's well worth six pages for people to take the time to read and learn. I, a man, Christopher, Christopher James, claimed trespass by a man, Gavin Hoekstra. See, I put his name again in, in the person as well, who sometimes acts as a bar member and people acting as board of governors called benchers who work for the Law Society of British Columbia, the Law Society of British Columbia. That way I cover both elements. You go to their website, it's written in upper and lower case, but you go to the, the claim that they're filing against me, well, it's all in uppercase. I've covered both elms, both avenues. Under Dean Lawton, that's a man that's working there. He's the executive Executive, Chief Executor, uh, Lisa Hamilton, I believe she's the Deputy Executor, uh, McPherson Christopher, Christopher McPherson, Don Avison, or pardon me, Dean Lott was the head of the uh, the bar, the board of the benchers. Uh, Adam Whitcomb, Whitcomb, uh, the other people elected as benchers, including the man David Ebby, again, he's in here, uh, from that's acting as Attorney General. I, man, Christopher James, claimed trespass by a man, Gavin Hookstra. So he trespassed by sending me first email on Wednesday, the 3rd, 17th at 6.35 p.m. On Thursday, the 4th, 20 on thursday uh april the april the 1st 2021 at 12:36 p.m by mail and then on monday may the 10th as i've discussed by way of process server under dean uh again he's acting gavin he's a lower underlink within this law society he's acting on behalf don't tell me that the people above him don't know what's going on that are not ordering him to do this to get this christopher out of our courts he's causing problems he's going to be a problem for all of us we're going to be swinging by a rope they're probably thinking and most likely i have a feeling that some of them will be after of course a jury of their of our peers a grand jury has decided I am in Christopher James accepted conditionally Gavin Hookstra's Gavin Hookstra's document on proof of contract obligation or claim. I am in Christopher James of the family property of the law society of British Columbia. See it's right there. Very powerful. They've got to rebut every point. I am in Christopher of the family. This LSA lives on an English speaking country and is not deaf. For example, the style of standard Canadian English needs to be ad- adequately defined so as to honorably comprehend the exact definition of this work, style in English, which can only be done by clarifying the source of origin in this particular style. What that means is that you have to understand that all legal forms and documentation, they have a certain format of stylization to them. When you see something that's in all capital letters, well, that's a legal realm that does not belong on a lawful dial, on a lawful filing or a, a common law court that's being established because that's 
that's just not the correct styling okay but in my world as you read further on down here however this is written i write it to the best of my ability to address within their stylization that's occurring against ignorantly to all of us but also drawing down that how i define everything in this document that's how i see it and that's how i'll present that and explain that to a jury of my peers okay so i don't care if it's written upper and lowercase it's doing it for this purpose so that we really drill home to show the separation for people but at the end of the day it's how i wrote this at what it means to me and i will convey that and and, and bring that forth in open court under oath or pardon me, under affirmation before a jury of my peers. And they'll decide it what I claim is true or not. And I think they're going to decide it's true. I am Ann Christopher is in no way obligated to adhere to any written or verbal direction which lacks complete clarity and full disclosure in definitive English. This LSA assumes zero commercial liability and directives deceitfully uttered to a foreign estate trust or transmitting utilities that are unmistakably addressing a completely foreign maritime admiralty military jurisdiction, example, standard Canadian English, Mr., Mrs., Miss, Miss. Remember, the second that your name is capitalized under Capitish de Mucho in Roman law, it diminishes the capacity of a man to that of a person, to that of a thing. Okay, that's what a mister is. I'm not a mister. I'm not a missus. Well, maybe in another life I might have been, and I'm not on weekends wearing a dress. So that only leaves that that Mr. and Mrs., that doesn't apply to me. Remember, I'm strictly a man in court. My friends call me Christopher, my real close friends. Well, they call me a few other names, but we won't say on this show. This is very powerful here. Drafting two or more languages onto a legal document. Remember what I talked about before at the top of the, of the document with the names all in capital letters? And all of a sudden they drop my name topper in lowercase right below it. What's, what's, what's going on with that? That's what this is. And this is in their own books. Drafting two or more languages onto a legal document is known as glossa. Black's Law Dictionary defines glossa. It is a poisonous gloss which corrupts the essence of the text. When using any glossa deliberately, coupled with windowed envelope, those of you get sometimes windowed envelopes, you know, in your, your envelopes in your mail, to transfer commercial contractual documents, the author is knowingly trying to conceal or confuse the actual facts. And that's what it's all about. Let those deceive be deceive people. No such combined jurisdiction can legally or lawfully exist. Then we have again at the bottom of the page, the same, same uh, documentation here, that uh, the, the stamping and the witnessing. Number 10, all powers of attorneys, in fact or otherwise, signed by LSA or otherwise, implied in law or otherwise, with or without LSA's consent or knowledge, as it pertains to any and all rights and property. Just so you know, rights are property. They're your property. That's why you always use that one word, property. Rights fall under everything. Cancelled immediately. I am Ann Christopher James of the family. Capacity to make decisions does not require the authority of another in, speces- in a specified or any legal, any all legal or financial matters. Under no circumstances does I, a man, man Christopher James of the family, consent to the reversal inversion of this written command order, will, or revocation in any way whatsoever. To be perfectly clear, I, man, Christopher James of the family, LSA, give no consent to the foreign, remember, it's foreign to me, Law Society of British Columbia, to act as LSA's guardian, right? This is how these people are acting. They're acting out and he's like, oh, this little boy, Christopher, wants to go to court and get some justice. Dare, dare, little boy. You can't go to court unless you have our permission. You think you know the law. You don't know the law. You don't know how to lie. That's what they should be saying. The LSA hereby gives due by notice to any and all relevant parties, agents representing the foreign occupying law society of British Columbia. As of this moment onward, I, me, us, we hereby revoke, rescind, remove, cancel, abrogate, and deny any and all assumed and presumed ostinable or otherwise powers of attorney over my legal person. 
part and parcel that any agent or representative thinks, assumes, presumes, considers they may or might have previously invoked and or otherwise utilized or hereby revoked from this dated LTA forward. Dated is now for them and f- then and then for now, nunc pro tunc, tunc pro nuke. And look that up. That's a beauty. These bar members or agents of Law Society of British Columbia are using and abusing my given name without my knowledge. That's putting it capitalizations. I didn't give them the right to do that, right? It's not their property. They've copyrighted it, but again, they've done this all when we were born as children. Pardon me, when we were all born as a little man or woman. Over my legal personal partner, an agent or representative thinks, assumes, presumes, considers they may or may might have previously invoked or otherwise utilized or hereby revoked from this dated LTA forward. Data is now for then and now. Oh, sorry, I already said that. I apologize for that. Number 12, these bar members or agents of the Law Society of British Columbia are using and abusing my given name without knowledge. In law, this is known as unlawful conversion. You've all heard that from me a million times, haven't you, people? A form of kidnapping of assets on paper. That's all it is. It's shit that's on paper, which converts the nature of an asset from a living man to a corporate franchise, for example and the jurisdiction in which it operates from the land to the to the sea of the law in this case. I object to having my given names in the state and property and anything else that is named after me used and abused in this fashion, and it is my will. Your corporations end this venal practice. From the date of the top of this LTA onward, I am in Christopher James, reconvey my given trade name and soil to the land jurisdiction of Canada, along with all relevant assumed presumed trade names and publicly the cared Declared them return to permanent domicile on the landmass continent known as Canada, unincorporated. These trade names, including but are not limited to Christopher James. Now you can see all the various different um, configurations of how my name is. Obviously, the family names in there as well. But you can see it's an upper and lower case. It's in first name last, last name first, whatever. Right? You list them all that you can think of there, and then you end it with is the holder in due course of these ends legis legal trade names, and any other relevant strenuous homo, okay? Again, we're back with, it was all witnessed on the 28th day, the people that witnessed it. Number 14, from age of consent to the data fixed above, the LSA has never signed a contract knowingly, willingly, intelligently, voluntarily, or internationally, whereby I have waived any of my natural inherent rights. And as such, take notice, I revoke, rescind, cancel, abrogate, and make void from the beginning of my autograph on any and all contracts, agreements, forms, or any instruments which may be construed in any way to give any agency or department of any foreign occupying government any authority, venue, or jurisdiction over this non-assumptive LSA, I am in Christopher James of the such-and-such family at any time in the past, present, or future. Very powerful stuff. Read these, download them, and focus on one paragraph at a time. And when you see the enormous amount of truth that you're being given in that paragraph, this is what's going to help us bring this light forward, okay? And this is what people in law enforcement, you need to learn this stuff. The people at the bar are not your friends. They're your enemy, unfortunately. The LSA gives no consent to the undisclosed use, deployment, adhesion contracts under any circumstances whatsoever. Number 16, a living soul is born whereas a corporate entity is birthed. See that? We talked about that earlier with the need for money, control and systems to trade in short birth for commerce as a slave reference capitalist dementia maxima, <coughs> which I already talked about. I am in Christopher James 17 is not signatory legal or lawful to the legal birth record, which evidence the creation of the legal name, legal date of birth and legal address. I am in Christopher James of the family is not the author of the legal birth record, thus not the author of the legal name, not the legal date of birth. This behavior 19 is indisputably frequently violates 
Palmero protocols. Now, this is a huge one. Go and look this up. Do a little bit of research on it. As Gavin, it goes through all the list of the names of people again, along with subordinate agents in the British Columbia, Canada, as well as all relevant heirs and successors are trafficking in persons. And that's what they're doing. This means the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring of receipts of persons by means or use of threat, Bodine and Simone, what they're doing to them right now, or force, Bodine and Simone, or other forms of coercion of abduction, as they've arrested them, locked them up already once already, of payments or benefits. They've, they've taken money from them to hold a bond, which is all based on fraud, and now they've kept that money from the bond, to achieve the constant of a person having control over another person for the purpose of exploitation and are doing so now knowingly, willingly, wittingly, and intentionally. That applies to Robert, the man acting as judge for Bodine and uh, acting in his role, supposed to be uh, providing good faith duties and services. I, man, Christopher James of the family, am not legally and expressly authorized by anyone or anything to use the legally certified copy of the legal birth record known commonly as the birth certificate. You're not allowed to use that. When I was born, it said right on it, do not use this for ID. And yet, what have we gone and done down the road? Now we've used it like a bunch of drunk sailors, whatever we're buying, whatever we're using, whatever the government asks for, you got to provide ID. It's sick. I'm not legally expressed authorized, but anyways, a certified copy of the legal birth record. This is number 20, known commonly as the birth certificate. To my knowledge, and this is truth, thus far, no one has ever been legally authorized to use a legal birth certificate for any legal purpose. Number 21, I, man, Christopher James of the family, reserve my right, reserve my natural right not to be compelled to perform under any contract that I did not enter into knowingly, voluntarily, and intentionally. Furthermore, I, man, Christopher of the family gives no consent to accept the liability associated with the compelled and pretend benefit of any hidden or unrevealed contract or commercial agreement. Number 22, due to my firm belief, understanding, comprehension that mankind has been forced to use these corporate systems, laws, in terms of trade to survive, or of, of trade to survive in this present reality we call life, I hereby claim the right to use these government services under duress and threat of further menace and physical harm so as to survive in this reality until my physical death. Whoa, that is a heavy statement right there. And then here comes a couple of other crackers. Maxims in law, number 23. It is fraud to conceal a fraud. That's what all these people are doing in the law society. They're concealing fraud and then they're committing fraud. All right. Well, they're committing fraud to conceal a fraud. It's sickening. And 24, maximum of law. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. That's right. Where this rubber hits the road is that now that this has been placed in front of all of them, they got to come back and rebut this. And when you see that they don't want to do this and they just want to push it through in their courts, and they just want to fluff it up as nonsense. Now you're understanding the liars, the evil that is possessed within each and every one of them and why we're going to route these societies out, why this is going to stop at our public courthouses. Number 25, the people are required to honorably prove legitimate jurisdiction. That's right, people. And that's the people that are listed at the top there. Pay attention to the words and why they're used and when they're used. Over the LSA via an affidavit of truth, autographed by a natural representative and witnessed by a public notary within seven calendar days of this LTA. Just so you know, a public notary is supposed to act on behalf of his oath as to the land, to the people. A notary public is in the legal realm, different jurisdictions. So remember that distinction. But the one that I'm going with now is both of them. We're going to stickly go to our fellow man and woman. They're going to bear witness and we're going to stand on our two feet strongly. And we're going to say, that's my paperwork. And I lay claim that it be true. Who's coming forward with evidence that's going to vet or compromise or not compromise, but rebut these truths that I've laid bare here today, that I've put my wet seal and signature signature under full liability, right? That's the power of what this document stands behind. 
I am in Christopher James of the such and such family is not a thing, nor a discounted entity, nor a legally defined person, human being, resident, withholding agent, individual, under the Canada Bank of Corporations Act, RSC 1985, C-44, nor is this LSA a voluntary franchise. I give thanks to uh, Jamie on that with the Canadian Bagness Corporation. He got that. He found that. Good, way, good work, Jamie. Love you, brother, to death. I state may claim that private property is hereby defined as anything in my lawful possession, be it be registered, unregistered, or unlisted, and any other variation. Remember when you're registering your cards and that? Get rid of it all, people. Send the registrations back. Rescind your contracts with them, and then none of these people have any jurisdiction to be pulling you over on the side of the road unless you're causing wrong and harm, trespassing, unless you're smashing into cars, unless you're drunk driving. If you don't have a seatbelt on or if you might have been picked up your phone and listened to it or done something with it, even though that's stupid when you're driving, right? Or if you might've been going a few kilometers over some sort of posted speed limit. So those of you that just know that the white signs you see on the side of the road, they're commercial signage. They only apply to truck drivers, to bus drivers. Didn't know that most of you, did you? It doesn't apply to a man or woman. It applies to persons. See the corporation again. Uh, it goes on your state. I state legal number 27, legal and lawful. That fact corporations are legal fictions that require contracts and consents in order to claim authority or jurisdiction and control over any man or woman. Boom. Who's going to come forward with evidence that's counter to that? They're not. So if you listen really closely, those pickle jars I've been telling you about that they're going to be shitting are all going to be filled pretty quick. I state may claim that the private property is hereby defined as anything in my lawful possession. Be it deregistered. I already did that one, didn't I? Yeah, if it's incorporated. Oh, no, I didn't. It's in there again. A variation or thought of physical or any incorporate government registry or database. I claim the right to use full and equal force to protect my private property, my physical body, as Bodine was doing, and Simone when they were trespassed upon by those people in that car and their truck, their property. My family or any under my care, if and when I deem it necessary upon the unlawful use of force against I, my family, or any under my care, and by any assumed authority seeking to take my private property or harm I, my family, or any under my care. It's repetitive, but it covers everything. Number 29, I have, I have the right to travel in my private property without having to seek permission from any government employee, agent, agency, contractor, corporate entity. That's what I was just talking about. I am Ann Christopher James of the family is not any form of collateral shadow cargo, nor is this LSA a human resource for the foreign law society, of British Columbia, or the corporate occupying Canada Inc government or British Columbia Inc government to own, manage, move, touch, trade, swap, or sell. You're basically telling them just because you went and created some documentation with my, my name, my given names and my family name on it and all capital letters or in hieroglyphics. I don't give a shit. You got no jurisdiction over me. Where the hell do you think that now you go and write stuff internally with your corporation and you bring that out into the public? Now that applies to I as a man or a woman? Is everybody seeing the power and the simplicity of this truth now? Oh, the rubber's starting to hit the road here, people. Um, 31. The LSA further declares that only a court of common law jurisdiction before a jury of 12 peers can adjudicate any alleged offenses that the, well, it should be trespasses, that the LSA, I am and Christopher of the family may be accused of. Common law, this is very powerful to ending it. Common law has been equated with stability and just equality and has the great superiority over civil law. Remember, civil means Roman people. Civil law as practical jurisprudence regulating the affairs of society. It excludes private interpretations and controls the arbitrary discretions of judges. That's beautiful. Walter C. Morrison, 1989, Roman civil law inferior to the common law. For those of you that don't know what the word inferior is, look it up, but I'll throw you a bone. 
It means lower. It's a lower court, right? All of these courts that are existing that are out there operating today and all, all this theater that's going on, they're all inferior to a court that you and I hold when we access that public courthouse because we are the creators in this world. And you see the jury of our peers and let's get at it, okay? Beautiful people, just beautiful. And the last page here, civil law is the private foreign uni draw, and you should look that up. I've got the information on the woman that represents Canada within this corrupt system. Fascinating, this stuff. Governmental law of Rome, common law is the people's protection against the laws of foreign occupying government. That's been established through the ages. People's failure to provide, remember when I say people's, I'm talking about the people that are listed at the top of this document. To provide the LSA with a verified point-by-point rebuttal affidavit to this living testimony in the form of an affidavit within no later than seven calendar days from the date of issuance or request additional time to comply. Something tells me they may either uh, request additional reply or they're just going to go straight to, he's not falling under the Supreme Court civil rules, section, 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 and his claim in his LTA is vexatious, meritless, and baseless. Some horseshit like that. That's their way of saying we don't want this to come out into the light, Christopher, so we're just going to continue with our dog and pony show that's happening at every courthouse across this country, but now you're going to be exposed to the entire country. That's why I've done this. Uh, address the rebuttal plain to file style English outside of a private windowless. This is 34 and fully seated envelope precisely as follows. Attention, man, Christopher James. That's how they're going to write to me from now on. Verify that all correspondence is sent to, that's my address, to ensure all correspondence is received in a timely fashion. And before I forget, because I will, Brian, I love you to death. This is the man that takes care of all the redaction for me. He's been working for high up in PDF, uh, pardon me, for Adobe for many years. He's retired. I think now he just uh, does some subcontract work. But Brian has been incredible. He reached out to me five or six months ago and told me, uh, Chris, uh, your doctors aren't uh, being redacted properly. People can still see the information. So thank you, Brian, before I forget. Number 35, one conditionally, ex- one conditionally accepts to pay any all outstanding monies accounts owed in full by the LSA within 14 days upon receiving respondents proof of claim and or proof of loss, right? Remember, there's got to be a contract. Someone's got to be coming forward with a loss. Why are they, why are they writing to me? Why are they sending me all this paperwork? My God, I must be one hell of an asshole to have got this, right? I must've done something really wrong. There must be a busload of children or elderly people hanging off a cliff somewhere that I caused, right? Why would they send me all this stuff? Just so you know, the majority of that, it's all snapshots of my website. They're trying to say, oh, and he takes donations. Well, yeah, you know, why shouldn't I? I worked for this for 20 years, not taking a, a penny from anybody. But now's the time to get the money on the table to help to me to move this. Like I said, if I had millions of dollars, we would have billboards right now straight up right across this whole country, exposing the difference between legal and lawful and that what the bar of the society is doing to us. Sorry, don't get me going. Uh, we go on here to say on number 35, within 14 days upon receiving respondents proof of claim or proof of loss. This includes, but not limited to, a notarized affidavit of truth itemizing any proof of claim or loss sworn by an authorized man or woman, not persons. The LSA requires all relevant claims to be accompanied by a certified or notarized copy of the original signed wedding contract between the peoples. Remember, the people that are all named in this at the top, or any of the bar members, as I've written in the letter across this country and world, principal that I am in, Christopher James, in grammatically correct syntax for the LSA, LSA perusal. So show me. Show me this contract that exists. That's a fancy way of putting it. Terms and conditions of contracting with I man Christopher James of the wonderful family in the private are as follows. Five ounces payable up front in advance in the form of 0.9999 pure gold bars or coin. Delivery by any secure delivery service recommended by the Royal Canadian Mint for each and every unlawful interaction with I am man Christopher James. Hmm. 
I would tend to look at that every single point that is in that document that Gavin has sent me. I think that would apply as an unlawful interaction, wouldn't you? So you apply five ounces of upfront payable gold, right? On those. Oh, that's a lot of money. Okay. That's when the rubber hits the road. And I want to put on the public record. I am fully prepared to forgive. I've already forgiven Gavin. I've already forgiven these people that work at the bar because I've written from my heart to them with this letter that's gone out to them. But I've also told them the lines in the sand. You're going to be held liable, Bob and Susie, and you better damn well come to the table now. Let's do it over a Zoom call. You think they're going to do it? No, not yet. And by the time they realize what they've done and they haven't done when they should have done it, I will tell you this, it's going to be too late because all of this is going to be used as evidence against them when we are moving these grand juries of common law courts. Again, the last one here, all words and spellings herein are as the LSA. That's me, people, defines them and nobody else. Okay, so if there's something you don't understand, then you write to me. If it's in a rebuttal, and I'll correct the word if you don't understand it so you're clearly understanding what you're responding to. All the facts and circumstances deposed to are within my own knowledge and my means of knowledge. And sources of information appear on the face of this living testimony in the form of an affidavit. LTA. Part D. Issued this 28th day, May in the year of 2021 and four. On and for the Law Society of British Columbia, Vancouver, Canada. Notice to agents is notice to principals. Notice to principals is notice to agents. Should have wrote a song about that. Doesn't really flow too good, though. It's kind of uh, lame, rhythmless. Witnessed by my fellow man, Pax Volpiscum. So you should read what that means as well. It's a wonderful little word. There you see by my name, my signature. My thumbprint is my seal. Even though it says signature there, it could say autograph as well. But again, it's how I define it. That signature is my autograph. So bugger off if anyone's going to give me any grief. Not you, Brian, because you made a great point. And that's how it ends here at the bottom, okay? Today before me, swarm, swarm before me, there's the, the final three signatures again. And that's what we've done. So this has gone, people, to the, the Law Society, like I said, in, in uh, been registered mail now. I got to email it tonight uh, before the end of today. I don't have to, but I want to put it in their email inboxes, those that I can, so that they got it for first thing tomorrow morning. Gavin will get it tonight. Most likely he'll look at it, probably make him spill his tea or cough a few times. But uh, it's okay, Gavin. I'll hold your hand on this one. I'll walk you through it, okay? I would love nothing more, Gavin, than you to come forward, tear up your bar card, and stand with a man like Nathan, stand with a man like me. And hopefully other people at the head of this organization also see that the gig is up. So, absolutely. Like I say, Lord, you, you ask, you know, if, if you, you, you put that out there to the universe every single night, I make no bones about this, okay? I'm a tough SOB. No one's going to mess with me ever again, what I've gone through in my life. And no one's going to mess with me. No one's going to mess with you. Because I'm not going to allow this happen to my fellow man and woman. I don't care where you are in this world. And even people that are lawyers, yes, lawyers, you've been lied to. But that's why, see, look what just happened here tonight. This man's reaching out from a police force. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Paul just reached out and told me that a police officer in the chat room from Ontario here has reached out to me and that he's completely livid with what's going on. He doesn't accept any of it. He realized it's all a lie and he wants to speak to me as soon as possible. See that? Nathan comes on. Now another man's coming on. Then it's going to be one. It's going to be two. Then it's going to be four. Then 10. Then 20. Then 100. Then 1,000 then 100,000, then millions. Millions of people in this world are going to wake up to this truth that I've laid bare so simply. This is why I'm here. This is why the creator put me here on this earth was to bring this truth forward. And I, yeah, I made a contract with him too. I told him after I get done saving the world, I get back to my Soul Core Entertainment Group where I can really rock this world with the music and entertainment industry and big, bring forward an incredible initiative that this world was supposed to receive back in 2005. But it didn't happen in that for that reason. And as much as I said at that time, why, 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 why? 
all this destruction around me and my family. It's because of this moment. This is the journey that I was meant to go through. He knew that I was the type of man, I'm like a dog with a bone, that if you cross me or you cross someone in my family, people that I love or care about, or even if it's someone that I've only just met and somebody does something wrong to them, I'm going to come for you. I'll come at you. I'll find one way or another to hold you accountable. Okay. Not necessarily violently, but you better not try any violence with people around me because I'm not going to stand for that. That's who I am as a man. That's what my creator put within my heart, my mind, and my soul. And that's what revolves. That's what is inside each and every one of us in this world is that simple foundational truth. And you need to tie into that. You need to tie into that courage, that love that you have, not just for your, your mother and father and your family around you, but for everything in this world, the animals, the wildlife, nature, everything. You must love it with all your heart because love is the only way. As John Sykes writes in his video, right? In order to kill hate, love is the only way forward. And love doesn't mean that it's weak. Do you think that people that went in the Second and First World Wars or Vietnam, do you think that that was not love that all of their actions were based upon? I've said this before, and I'm saying it again. And that's the love that all these people in policing that go into law enforcement, I believe with all my heart, that's why they go into it. Yeah, you know, there's going to be a few assholes. There's, a, there's, there's an asshole everywhere, right? We know it doesn't matter what company or corporation or neighborhood you live in. There's always one dick, you know somewhere in, in, in the mix. But guess what? That's all part of the dichotomy of this life, of the yin and the yang, that we have the good and the bad. We have the, the light and the dark. It's all part of it. But what has to happen right now is that the light, it's not been on equal footing and it, for a very long time. And now it needs to surely come to the forefront. And the only time darkness should be over this world is when we are truly resting. We're truly calming our souls, our hearts and minds before we get up for another wonderful day and truly expressing ourselves and our liberty on this wonderful earth that we call our home. So uh, on that note, I would just like to say, Paul and everybody, thank you very much for being with me here this evening. Really good show. I think tonight they're always good. I love everybody that comes onto these broadcasts. <clears throat> I got to announce the time just so everybody knows too. Paul had an interaction at his bank. They called the police on him there last week. Paul, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it. He did film it. I think we might try and show that on Wednesday night. Uh, might be a good night to do it. I've got a plethora of stuff building up here case-wise, and I think I'm going to have to start doing a couple more shows a week because uh, I, I, can't, I can't get the stuff in quick enough for all of you right now. And with this other policeman, this man reaching out to me, uh, it's very, very encouraging. It's very, very enlightening. So the gauntlet's been dropped, people. We're going after these people. We're going to do it lawfully. We're going to do it honorably. We're going to do it courageously. And more importantly, I'm doing it with love. And I believe that's been demonstrated in all my communications here this evening that has gone to these people that work for this society that I do not belong to. And it is my hope and pray as well that the hearts and minds of them are going to somehow, something's going to break through. Something's going to finally reach in and touch these people's hearts at what's going on and for them to come to the forefront. I can forgive you. I know you've caused a lot of wrong and harm in this world, but you know what? I don't believe a lot of you have meant to do that intentionally. You truly believe that what you're doing is the law, that what you were doing was to do the right thing for your fellow man and woman. You've been lied to and you should be pissed off. You should be livid for what was done to you. And the way you get back at them, get that bar card, people, and tear it up on national television and come and stand in the light and let's turn this world around. Take us out, Paul, with the usual. I'll see everybody here on Wednesday night. I love you and Godspeed. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are.
What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? Right? Against that? No! We will run! And we will live! Die? Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. I'm dying in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Speech. Now what do we do? Just be yourselves. Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. <laughs> well, it didn't get dressed up for nothing.